This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. I think this is like episode 38-ish of the season so far. We start... The week after the Super Bowl, every season is our new season. It's our eighth season now. Uh, it's a lot of episodes going into tonight. And tonight's episode is Panthers streaking through the woods with the Bears. The Panthers are on a win streak. Three straight wins. We moved to three and two. We're competing for the division. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. we got a great show for you tonight. So smack that thumbs up button. Go ahead, smack it. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the podcast, and let's welcome in my buddy, my pal, Cody Lashney, my co-host. Welcome to the back uh, for another episode. We're rocking and rolling, brother. Tony Dunn, man. What's up? It's another Tuesday night. The Panthers are rolling right now, man. We have a lot of questions about this football team, whether we are legit or not, but we're going to have this discussion with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, in our chat the most lit Panther fans that there are. Humble, no flip, BJ, one way, trail one, underground West, Blake Betts, Joe Riolano, aka Low Country Cannabis, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. All right. Uh, the number's 252-228-5098. Be a part of the show. Call in. Uh, you can find the C3 Panthers podcast on all your major podcast platforms also check out the youtube channel dropped a little video it's just playing around with some different formatted stuff um and this one is mr is curtis samuel mr clutch you can find that on the c3 panthers podcast youtube page i'd also like to welcome back my pal the bat daddy the stat daddy the man of many podcasts greg how you doing tonight I'm doing awesome, man. Uh, third day off in a row. Got to go back to work tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, favorite night of the week, Tuesday nights. Get to talk about the Panthers football. I'm going to try to be Mr. Positive tonight and hold my thoughts until later in the season and see what happens. So let's see how well I can contain myself. Well, I mean, be Mr. Positive. That's a good thing to be is, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, it always brings to mind. Uh, first, I have this friend who's got a radio show at tweeting clip he's on pirate radio live every day he's like the man on pirate radio 
And he was so negative, and people – he wasn't so – he was so bummed because the Pirates hadn't won in, like, three years. <clears throat> and people were saying he was being too negative about the future. And uh, what they ultimately he, – he became uh, Mr. Optimistic. He was, like, the tweeting optimist, and it was very odd. So you could do that. Or the other thing that comes to mind is a good Otis Redding song – uh, and they he, they call me Mr. Pitiful, right? <laughs> so you could be Mr. Negative or Mr. Optimist. Greg, thanks yeah. Pat, for coming back on. Um, all right, let's jump into the show tonight. We've got, uh, actually, before we get in the show, Zach Pearson with the Bear Report Radio Podcast will be on around uh, 9.20 tonight. So in about 15 minutes, we'll welcome in Zach Pearson, who's part of the Overtime Network and covers the bears and we're going to see what we're going to be facing this week because the panthers as they put the smackdown on the atlanta falcons what they uh at the same time uh we are going into three wins but our opponent is four and one the bears uh are kind of hot with nick Foles, so we got to see what we're going to be facing with them so now we're a couple of days removed from the game from the game Where's your headspace right now, Cody Lashney? What do you what is on your mind when it comes to the Carolina Panthers? I mean, right now I'm thinking how good can this team actually be? Um, it's one of the things that I I've, I've been thinking about around this time of year, every year, right around that fourth, fifth, maybe sixth week of the season. The past two years, we've looked at this record. And it's been very similar around that three wins, two loss kind of thing. And just knowing how the last two seasons went, but also knowing how much is different with this football team right now, brand new quarterback, brand new set of coaches, um, receivers that are playing like they haven't in a very long time, um, but also a very young, uh, a young defense filled with potential, but also with a bunch of young players that we're having to lean on. And you can tell when we're having to lean on those uh, young players that don't have that wealth of knowledge to necessarily know what's coming when you're playing the smarter quarterback. So basically, I'm I'm wanting these Panther fans in our YouTube and both of you guys to help me in giving me your opinions. Like, is this a legitimate Carolina Panthers team, or or are we just waiting to have? the carpet pulled out from under our feet again. I don't know. That's what's on my mind. Well, you know, I'd be willing to make another prop bet. And right now, honestly, it looks like I'm going to win every bet that I made this year, but uh, I'd be willing Probably to make another so. prop bet uh, that the Carolina Panthers will pick between the 10th and the 14th pick next year in the NFL draft. That want to take me on that. That's a gut punch. And that's but that's before a trade. Like we can't like so they get that they're if they're rewarded that and they make a trade doesn't count. So I'd be willing to put five dollars down saying between the tenth and the fourteenth pick of the Carolina Panthers. That's like uh you could be like an odds maker with that type of you know what I'm saying? If you think about yeah. it, is that it's like, man, if you would have said ten to uh it, like the fourteen is like, is that too Right. Well, if I'm I say there 15, going, then people are going to be like, oh, that's five picks. That's too big of a range. So 14. No, like, range. yeah. I mean, if you want, you're betting that they're going to pick those. So the, all we get all the other numbers, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So in many ways is that like you shortening the window is giving the us 
the book is you're the book and it makes it harder mm-hmm. on you. Right. So even if you if you did it to 15 picks, then I'm starting to go, all right, I don't know. I don't know. You right. know, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about this is that is 14. Are we going to be in the 14 range? I don't know. I mean, we could be like pick 17 or 16 or 15. I know it's a well, good line. That's what I'm trying to say. You're a it's a seven, good line. Yeah, if you're a seven-win team, you're going to be about in the 10th to 14th pick, I feel. That's generally the way it works. About six or seven-win teams usually are in that range based on the way the season goes. So, but, so basically, yeah, to echo Joe Rialando in the chat, that means you're predicting that this isn't going to last. This is kind of – I've been predicting I, that all year. Yes. No, yeah, he's actually I, I, saying this is going to go exactly the way it is, to be honest. Well, like I said, remember. I mean, y'all I don't really gonna think we're going to finish. So we're at five. Season, yeah, we're at five games, right? So mm-hmm. that would put us at nine wins if we stayed at this pace, mm-hmm. which is not far off from about seven wins. Which is where I'm kind right. of I don't think me, seven bro. is falling apart. I think seven ask, is a good, a really good season for this team. Let me ask you this, dude. Okay, beating this Bears team. If we beat the Bears. Does that tell you any more about this football team? It's a good question because the Bears are right, yeah. an annoying ass team. Right? They're, they good they're so annoying good is because they're not good, but they are. Better off the bench. Well, you also got to look at the Bears. They're four and one this year. Two of the games they played, and I know we don't want to go back and say this. We were talking about the Panthers like this last week. We don't want to say this, but two of the games they played, they probably should have lost. They should have lost that Atlanta game. I can't remember the other one they played. They right. won. They, they should have lost that game. Like they're they're very uh, the Bears, the Lions the, game, the, uh, the Saints, the Lions game. The Saints? No, they it was beat the, the Lions Saints, right? game. Remember, DeAndre okay, Swift yeah. drops the easiest touchdown. Right. In the end so zone. that would have and like put you know, it away. like like Cody says, the the nuts and uncles comment. Like you know, it's it's great, but you do got to take that in consideration. So they're four and one, but are they really a four? Are they really a top like a second place team in the NFL right now? Yeah, they're not oh, like a guess. scary four and one team, but right. at the same time, they are four and one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Foles has made them better. Foles is a streaky quarterback. Like he's not great, man, but when he starts feeling it. He's feeling it. And, and to so be honest, he's feeling it right now. Yeah. He did pretty well in the Atlanta game. He did uh, very yeah, well. They should have lost that Atlanta game. Yeah, but they should have lost they it because. Like down with no time left. I mean, they should Yeah, lost but that that's the game. point is Foles was part of that comeback. They benched <laughs> yep, Trubisky right. in the first half. And then it was the Indy game. Now, that that is their loss. Indianapolis, and it was the defense that – held Chicago's offense, but then the Bears win uh, against Tampa. Now, it was a home game, but I don't count home as mattering in COVID world. They host uh, Tom Brady. They're down 10 nothing, and then they come back, and they're down 17-12 or 19-12, uh, 19-13. They win 20-19. Right, Nick Foles is part of that, right? So he is kind of on the hot streak right now. He was throwing these really pretty balls, the timing balls, these kind of lucky ones at the same time. So while they aren't the most, I don't, I've been saying they're not good. They're not good. They've won four games, and so I can't say they're not good and then come on this podcast and be like, this Panthers team's won three in a row and we're really good. 
So is that I think that they're a probably not as good a four and one record, and we're a three and two could it be two and three type team, right? Could and you know, I mean, it could be, could be yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's That's, but, helpful, yeah, so. but you know how how the Chargers right now like they have lost every game in like heartbreaking fashion, and they could just as easily be four and one as mm-hmm. they are one and four. The Bears, in my mind, are the Chargers with way better luck. Like yeah. I think they're they're built very similar. Very they have yeah. like uh, like Joe Rialano in the chat points out. They have a good defense and they have Khalil Mack. And I actually um we're gonna have a guest tonight. And I actually did a spot on on their Bears podcast. Um, one of the things I was talking about with them is I'm interested to see Khalil Mack on Taylor Moten because I'm a part of the Panther fans who believe that if we have any legitimate shot of ever being a continuously contending football team your offensive line is important and i believe taylor moulton is our best offensive lineman and if he has a good game against khalil mack man you have got to go out of your way to make sure you sign taylor moulton especially if he i mean khalil mack is one of the best pass rushers in the game and if he has a good game i think you have to reward that Mm -hmm. i have a question to qualify your original question cody is you asked ultimately are the panthers for real right man that's the question what would constitute for real in your mind like what does that mean because like in my there's other ways that i think of this team is like better than i expected mm-hmm. getting better week to week um you know, contenders in a lot of their games, even if the talent, if we don't feel the talent is the same or the experience is the same. So it's kind of like a steady plow ahead, just a yard at a time for this team. But what do you constitute as for real? Like, what are what we? You- are, okay, so one, let's actually start here. Are we a legitimate contender to win the NFC South? Well, yes, right now. I, I don't I don't think so, but it we're Why? at the quarter Did you mark. see it, the it, New it, Orleans Saints? They suck. What, you're, Drew you're Brees right, because, is... Because I predict they're going to fall apart. But where they're at right now, they are definitely a contender. We're tied for first place in the NFC South. Well, we're actually half a game back in the first place for the NFC My South. My only so. thing with New Orleans is they're one really bad night away from putting Jameis Winston in. And say what you want about Jameis. He has a Man, lot of they put in Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna put in either no Jameis. And is Teddy and Teddy is like white Drew Brees, no. black Drew Brees. Sorry, hey. vice versa. Is that yeah, like yeah, Teddy yeah, Bridgewater? I, I, I is is that um? The, what's interesting about this is that I really see you can see the deterioration deterioration of, his of arm. Brees's arm. Like you can. Oh totally yeah, hundred percent. It's real. Hundred percent. It's real. But hey, the type got, of games that they're throwing, like the passing styles, are the same. Yeah. I got two things to point out in the chat room. One, 29 people watching, 19 thumbs up from my, from what I see. So hit the thumbs up or thumbs down, whichever you want to. Let oh, us know how you feel. Two, um, Panthers 2020 in the chat room says, I'm out of here. Can't stand these downers anymore. What the hell have we said bad about the Panthers so far? I like, know. what have we done I feel bad? Like, all like, we've what said it sounds is like to me, what it sounds, yeah, more, what it sounds like to me is good. I was just gonna say we're more happy than 
that's what I keep saying is I'm in a better yeah. space than I thought I would be right now. Yeah, me too. Every time we think, <laughs> yeah, NBA, exactly. Good sports. I was like, oh, you guys are fucking downers. Listen, I, I think it's because you said uh, that the Panthers are going to be picking anywhere between ten and fourteen. Maybe. Oh my gosh! You I know think what? that's like look. First of all, we picked eight, eight last year. We picked yeah. eight last year, so that but means I'm we're going to be significantly better. Better uh, and, and uh, Panthers twenty twenty. I want to say this real quick. If you if you are that butt hurt about somebody having a different opinion than you, then get off the podcast. Go change your tampon. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. People are allowed to have a different opinion than you, and your opinion is not always right, guy. And so, how about the so, so tampons go in the vagina, yeah. not the butt? Go ahead and get out of here. And, and by the way, how about this? <laughs> I think you're to, trying to get drunk. To add on <laughs> to what, what Greg is saying. Like, that's why I'm putting these questions out there. Because if Greg is indeed right, I hate this season no matter what. Like, if we're a middle-of-the-pack football team, and Tony can uh, back me up on this, I've been saying that from jump. That mm-hmm. if this is another 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine football team that just misses out on the playoffs, then it wasn't worth it in a rebuild year. And I maintain that opinion. Mm-hmm. However, me asking these questions right now, like, I'm trying to be a good sport and have my mind changed. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be like, well, is this a legitimate football team? Because right now, the formula that we have going on, it does seem to be working. The Our, our playmakers are making plays, getting the ball to them in space, let, let them get yards after catch. Teddy Bridgewater's operating the offense in rhythm. Um, our our defensive players are finally starting to play with some gusto and some charisma. Uh, the young talent is starting to show up. We still have some issues, but and we're by no means a perfect football team. But like, man, I'm trying now to find some reason to believe that we are a better than average mm-hmm. football team. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, I don't you know, understand he, the negativity. I don't either. And here's my thing too is. With my position and my thinking, I feel like I'm looking realistically at things, but I'm willing to be wrong. And even if I'm wrong about the way the season turns out, guess what? I still win because the Panthers had a decent season. If we win seven, eight, I nine gotta games pay you and I'm money. wrong, I got to pay exactly, you money. I still win either way. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like, it's, it's so dumb. But yeah, All right. I want to – Um, we've got our guest, Zach. Pearson coming on the show from uh, the Bear Report podcast shortly, about uh, two or three minutes from now. Um, let's ask, let's talk about this. Is that uh, looking back at some of the Panthers games this year so far, and specifically one that was highlighted that highlighted this was this Falcons game. Is the Panthers have been salting away these victories and these games just period is that we talk about, you know, you've always expect these college coaches to jump in here and want more and more and more faster, faster, faster offenses. At least that's the Chip Kelly kind of mindset that we associate with college coaches. The Panthers have been dominating time of possession. And I think this says a little bit about our, or a lot about our personnel and the our scheme and some of the things that we think we can do well and possibly some of the reasons we're doing very well is the Panthers have one time of possession in three out of five games so far. Uh, the two games that they did not win the time of possession, one they lost, one they did, and they won. They won, 
And both of those were very close. So if you really broke down the numbers, the Panthers have been owning the time of possession battle, and specifically in the Atlanta Falcons game, three seven-minute drives. And one of the reasons that Teddy Bridgewater did not put up a ton of stats in the second half was because of those long drives and Mike Davis salting away. So I just want to make that observation is that, and we'll get back to that a little bit, is how important time of possession is and what that relates to our defense specifically because keeping that defense fresh I think we've seen how it's helping these guys continue to attack and get better so we'll we'll revisit that a little bit later in the show right now I'd like to welcome in Zach Pearson with the Bear Report radio podcast part of the Overtime Network Zach welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast hey how's it going guys thanks for having me on yeah, uh, gl- glad to have you on. And the Panthers will be, or we're we're hosting the Bears this week, right? It's a home game for us. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the Bears are on the road. This okay. Week. Yeah. Yeah. So the three and two Panthers coming off of three straight wins will be hosting the Bears, who are four and one currently. And uh, despite my efforts to say that they're a bad, the best bad team or a bad best team, I don't know how I've been saying it for the last. Four weeks I've doubted, I've doubted, I've hated, and at the same time they keep winning. So tell me what's going on with these Bears and why they're actually good right now. Or how yeah, man, new, <laughs> new season, pretty much same story. Defense carrying them, offense is kind of going along with the flow. Um, I mean, it's pretty much been their defense in a couple um, crazy, you know, fourth quarter, second half comebacks. Um, they came back and du- from double digits against Detroit week one. That was when Mitchell Trubisky was a starter. They came back or held off a Giants team, came back against Atlanta in week three with Nick Foles. And then, um, you know, just pretty much outplayed the Buccaneers last week. Uh, I mean, they started off slow yeah. and then the defense ramped up the pressure. Tom Brady looked like he wanted nothing to do with Cleo Mack by the time that game was done. And, you know, that was probably their best performance as a whole. But, you know, it, it's just – you ask any Bears fan, it's been the same thing every year. Defense is really good and still trying to find a quarterback after all these years to run an offense. How is uh, Nick Foles coming in there? Is that uh, – this guy, I don't know what to think of him, is he can't win the starting job wherever he goes. He makes lots of money in the process. But every time he comes in the game, the, the teams get better. How much better is the offense with Nick Foles right now? Yeah, I mean, it's still a little early to kind of fully see that. This was actually his fourth day of practice as a starter because they had that short week um, last week. So it's it's tough to say early on. Um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't playing awful. He just wasn't doing enough to, to keep the job. And I think, you know, the Bears, when they acquired Foles, you know, I think this weird COVID offseason with no, like, practices at all until, what was it, end of July actually hurt Foles the most. Um, but, I, I mean, I said, if you go into this season, you're better off having Mitch Trubisky be your starter and being able to go to Nick Foles in the middle of the year than the other way around. I think that was the best way to handle it. Now, everyone expects the offense to run a lot smoother because Foles does have more experience in this offense. However, you know, against the Colts, they looked really bad. And then, you know, against the Buccaneers, he was pretty much what he is. He's a streaky quarterback. I mean, he's going to be bad for times. He's going to be really good for times. So, kind of have to live and die with how he plays. 
Zach, oh, well, go ahead, Greg. I'll, I'll let you go, and then I'll go after you. Okay, well, I was just say, adding on to that, you know, I once described San Bradford as the stripper of quarterbacks, which basically he's going to give you and show you everything you want, and as soon as you get your money, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like it's a very strange situation in Chicago because I feel like you have two of those in Chicago with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. So as a Bears fan, who would you, if you had to pick one right now to for the get a lap dance from, who would you pick? Who are you getting the lap dance from Nick Foles uh, or Mitch Trubisky? For, like, for the rest for the rest of the year, if the Bears <laughs> want to be a contender and a legit threat in the NFC, it would have to be Foles. I mean, okay. I just think, you know, you have to go with the veteran that's shown. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. He's also been pretty bad at times as well. So I would rather take that experience. Mitch Trubisky is just still like you're just waiting for him that potential to come out. He's it, a North Carolina quarterback. What were you all thinking? North Carolina and, uh, quarterback. Uh, he looks good in a football yeah. uniform. He's not a point that's guard. My he's friend a North Carolina quarterback. Said, exactly. Is that yeah. You yeah. got to be careful about those guys. They look good in the outfit. Yeah. Blake Bortles was another yep. one of those. Is they <laughs> yep. they felt they check all the boxes. Yeah, but. and I watched a lot of UNC games, and um, Larry Fedora's offense was not very good either. So it's like right. it was kind of you know just like yeah, what are they doing? But you know, it's funny you bring that up with the North Carolina thing because like I'll you know I'll tweet out sometimes on Saturdays when I'm watching a bunch of games, and you know everyone loves talking about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and. Trey Lance, rightfully so, great guys. But like looking ahead to 2022, I'm like, man, this kid, Sam Howell, is he looks legit. And everyone's like, nope, we're not drafting another North Carolina quarterback. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you look at it, it's different offense, different system. Bears fans have bad PTSD. And Zach, if I may (laughs) jump in here, I work for drafttech.com. So part of what I do a little bit is analyzing college quarterbacks. Also, the real difference is, is by that point, Sam Howell will have had three years at UNC as opposed to only one mediocre year from Mr. Bisky, and he was on the team the previous two years, couldn't win the starting job even when they went to the ACC championship in 2015. So very different. You can't can't ever judge a player based on the helmet. It's just – it's a rule. Don't do it. But to kind of piggyback off of that into my question – you know, we've been doing this thing, having gone from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater. We're wondering, do we have a franchise quarterback? Right now, the numbers for Teddy are really good. The touchdowns aren't very high, but he operates this offense to effectiveness and in rhythm. He does what he needs to do, and he takes care of the football. That is a recipe to win football games. Do you have a similar kind of recipe with Chicago? Do you have the kind of defense and the kind of offense that regardless of if, if it's Nick or Mitch, do you have the, the team around them where all they have to do is just not mess up too bad and you have a legitimate contending football team? Is that the case for the Bears? Yeah, I mean, that, to be honest, that's been the case for the Bears since 1990, essentially. I mean, <laughs> we've always had really good defenses and the exact same thing's happening this year. This defense, I mean – Here's here, I'll, I'll just put it like this way. There are Bears fans that are complaining about this defense right now, and they're pretty much top 10 in every major stat except for rushing yards allowed, rightfully so because they lost Eddie Goldman, who was a big chunk of what they did up front. However, yeah. 
they're number one in like third down defense. They're number like, I think one or two in red zone defense. And there's still fans out there that are just upset that they're not, you know, top three and everything. So what, to your point, yeah, I mean, that's how Chicago's going to win games. They're going to send Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn after you. They're going to hope that their secondary holds up. Um, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and, and Jalen Johnson. And they're just going to hope that essentially they don't turn the ball over and Nick Foles doesn't make a brutal mistake in a key moment. And you look at that 2018 team, they were so good at forcing takeaways, like 38 takeaways they had that year, just dominant. And not only forcing takeaways – but turning those into points with the defense. I mean, Eddie Jackson I think, had two or three touchdowns alone. You look at 2019, what really went wrong, their defense last year was still really good. They went 8-8, eight and eight, but you had Mitchell Trubisky making key mistakes in, in almost every loss that they had. They were right. up on the Chargers by two scores or, yeah, like 13 points. And for whatever reason, Matt Nagy, with like six minutes left, turned to Trubisky and let him throw it, let him throw the ball. He threw an interception, then fumbled the ball in back-to-back drives. And they lost oh. it. So, I mean, it's pretty, to your point, it, that's what it is. It's defensively yeah. strong. Don't make the brutal turnovers. Yeah. Right. You know, I, uh, humble flipping fool in, in the chat actually uh, seconds that he said it's alarming. They're top three in red zone and third and third down defense in the league. That is, that is, if you want to be in defensive stats in the tops yeah. of anything, so those are two that you want right there. That's yeah. Amazing. Sounds good. Uh, my question about what was it is, what do you guys think? You mentioned the uh, Nagy or Nagy uh, passing it in that Chargers game. Didn't he come out and throw it twice? Was it the Bucks game just this past Thursday night where you guys are up by a point and he comes out and throws it on first and second down? Wasn't that the Bears game? Uh, it might have been. It. He's done similar things like that where he can't get the run game going and he'll abandon it and just start throwing. But, like, you um, need to wind clock down. You're up. You are not going to get – you know I mean? You have the opportunity. I th- I'm pretty sure it was the Bears game I was watching. I was just like, why are you guys not just running the ball right now? And he threw it on yeah. first and second down. Like, and then he doubled down on it. He's done that. Yeah, it's just – that's been his kind of his biggest weakness is, you know, going away from the run. And to use the Chargers game as an example, I think they had 12 carries in that game in total. And – you just can't do that in the NFL. I mean, you you got to put up points. you got to be able to run the football as well. He goes away from the run too much. And, and similar story this year now, he's saying the same stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I got to go. I got to stay with the run. I got it. We got to be a good football team running the football. And it's just been a little frustrating. Now, granted, I mean, Indianapolis and, and Tampa Bay are two of the better front sevens um, that you'll face all year. And they did find success running the football in the first three games. Uh, averaging over like 130 yards per care or per game or per game, not carry. Jeez, that'd be crazy record. Um, <laughs> just he just sometimes I think he gets into his head a little bit. Now I'll give you this example. They believe it was against the Colts. It was third and two late in the game. They were trailing. They needed to pick up the first down. And he has Cordell Patterson back there, no fullback. The Bears don't even have a true fullback on the roster. And he runs a th- he runs an inside zone. And it's stuck. It was. Pretty much the same play he ran week one, 2019 against the Packers. Same situation, Cordell Patterson. Everyone knew it was coming, stopped. So he just, I think he just gets kind of into his own head too much. Right. Hmm. Let me ask you a question about one of my favorite players, um, Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I, listen, I still have nightmares. I think it was in 2017 when the Bears and the Panthers played. 
And both offenses for the Bears and the Panthers were just absolutely putrid on that day. But, dude, Eddie Jackson made our lives a living hell. And one of the things that I'm concerned about going into this game is in the times that we do have to throw the football, if they are able to stop the run, which the Panthers have been doing a good job running the football, even without McCaffrey. Um, if they are able to stop the run on passing downs, is it going to get the Jackson and the Bears secondary time to feast? What do you think the key to stopping Carolina's offense specifically is going to be? Yeah, I would say stopping the run would be a top priority. And, you know, the Bears have really just kind of failed to do that so far this year. However, I mean, they're going to have to get pressure on uh, on Nick or on uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm sorry, I want to say Nick Foles, <laughs> but they're going to have to get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. And from what I've seen so far from the Panthers, I think they do a great job, especially with their protections, not only you know on that play, but protecting it to the routes as well. So when they give them enough time, Bridgewater, that there's protection, and when the routes are done, he can get the ball there, and and they're getting the ball out quick, and they're protecting him on the edges and, and moving him around in the pocket. I think the Bears are going to have to rely on Khalil Mack and rely on Robert Quinn to get pressure on uh, on Teddy Bridgewater. Because if they don't, I mean, last year the Bears played the Saints and Bridgewater was the quarterback. He picked them apart essentially when he had time to throw. And he looked really good during that game. And, uh, I, you know, for the most part, I thought Bridgewater didn't look good at all last season. This year it looks like a different story. It looks like he looks a lot better. I would say they're going to try stopping the run first and foremost, and they're going to try getting pressure and just let their secondary do their thing and, I mean, you're right. Eddie Jackson is how he fell. I mean, he had that that injury, the leg injury. Yeah. How he fell to the fourth round. I mean, that's a first round talent, and yeah. very very lucky to have him. Couple of couple of follow ups on that. First, shout out to Robbie Switzer for the super chat. He said we're second to last in third down defense, referring to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, and also, I know you guys have had some question marks at the running back position. And if you are interested, Le'Veon Bell was just released. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- that's breaking, kind of breaking news. And uh, thanks for Kay Francis pointing that out in the chat room. And while we're on the defensive side of the ball, uh, talk about Jalen Johnson, who some people are saying is a defensive rookie of the year candidate. And we believe we have one on our hands with Jeremy Chin. So tell us a little about Jalen Johnson. Yeah, um, Jalen is just, I mean, the, you know, they always say that the game takes a little bit to slow down for rookies. Uh, there's some exceptions to that. You look at, like, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the game really, it didn't take long for it to slow down from him. And I'm not comparing Jalen Johnson to a talent like Patrick Mahomes, but it's just he looks so comfortable out there. He does. He, I mean, he's gone up against some of the better wide receivers in this league so far. Um, you know, he was matched up against T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans. He's gone up against um, – um, a couple other guys, and I'm drawing blanks now, but oh, Calvin Ridley, and he's pretty much held his own. I mean, he gave up the touchdown to Mike Evans. He was actually a really good cover in the route on Evans. It's just Evans had the bigger body and got the inside leverage. So he's been fantastic this year, and he loves he his style of play, press and being aggressive, fits perfect with the Bears. He's got like this swagger that like this Bears defense just already has and he just fits right into that he's a steal i mean he is probably up there and i know um you guys talk about jeremy chin at southern illinois um 
And I got to see Jeremy Pin play a lot, actually. Well, I'm living in Illinois, I got to see him a little bit. But yeah, I think those two are probably two of the better defensive rookies this year. And I think Jalen is going to continue to get better and better. And it's kind of crazy because everyone wants to focus on Jalen Johnson, and rightfully so. Kyle Fuller's playing like a top three corner right now as well. So they, I mean, they have a really good duo back there um, locking down that secondary. And that makes Eddie Jackson's job a lot easier as well. That's three, like two elite players and a budding elite player, potentially. That's scary news right there. Um, So the defense of the defense is the strength on that team. Tell us right now where you're sitting at injury wise going into this week on the defense and then turn to the offense and tell us, are there any injuries uh, on that squad? Yeah, so um, John Jenkins is, has a 21-day window to kind of return off injured reserve. I don't know if he'll be ready on um, on Sunday to play. But if he is, that's a big veteran presence up at the nose tackle spot. Other than that, I mean, the Bears are pretty healthy outside of their third safety, the guy they use a lot in the dime package, um, Deion Bush, probably not going to play. He's been uh, sidelined the past two weeks after suffering an injury. But past that on defense, I mean, they're pretty healthy. It's just their inside linebacker depth is not that great at all. They they moved on from Nick Korkowski. So they don't if there's an injury to Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan, they're kinda of screwed there. On offense, they they lost a big piece of their offensive line. James Daniels is gonna be done for the rest of the year after um turning his pectoral muscle and he's been probably their most consistent lineman since he entered the league a couple of years back. He's only missed prior to uh, Thursday's game. He missed one snap his entire career and he started every game. And it was because he had like tie a shoe on the sideline or something crazy. Like that. <laughs> That'd be the area. If, if you're looking for like, is there an injury that can really impact? I mean, you talk Christian McCaffrey is a, is an unbelievable player. And, and obviously that's a huge loss for the Panthers. So if you're looking at a player like it's not as big of an impact in that way, but one that can maybe change the game as well, I'd say James Daniels just because of how consistent he was. Other than that, I mean they're they're pretty healthy on um, on offense. You know, Tariq Cohen's on injured reserve; he got hurt a couple weeks ago. But other than that, they're I mean they're pretty healthy. What are your disappointments with this team? I won't say disappointments. What are your concerns with this team right now? offense just not being able to score enough points i mean you got a defense that's that's holding teams for 20 points per game in this day and age of the nfl that should be good enough to win a lot of games um their offense just is really struggling right now and i i say i tell bears fans i was asked this the other day i'd give nick Foles probably a couple more games if it looks the same i think there's a big problem with the offense and the scheme however you know, he's only had these two games so far to start. So if their offense doesn't get better, it's going to start by running the football and taking the pressure off fulls. They're going to be in trouble. If they and, and you said, I mean, you said at the beginning of the show, they're kind of the best bad 4-1 team. If they want to be considered legit threats, they're going to have to get that offense going. What do you, Should they extend Allen Robinson? Yes, they should have extended Allen Robinson in June or July. <laughs> I, it's my, it's just, it's really mind boggling that they can't, I mean, I, I get extending Tariq Cohen. He's, he's kind of earned it, but um, you know, it's just, it's crazy how they just haven't extended it. And it was kind of a joke going around today. The the Cubs here have their own TV network and it took them forever to get it to the majority of the Chicago users. And they just signed a deal with the bears today 
um, to like rebroadcast games and shows. And the joke was, uh, they got the, the Bears got a deal done with the Cubs before they got a deal done with the Oh, Cubs. God. <laughs> Um, I was going to point out this about Allen Robinson. I was a giant fan of him coming out of college, and I wanted the Panthers to draft Allen Robinson. Instead, we, in our infinite wisdom, decided to pick Kelvin Benjamin, who does not play in the NFL anymore. And Allen Robinson, I think, went – I mean, he was a second-round guy, first-round talent. But one of the reasons – this fun fact about Allen Robinson in high school – he only played like one year of football or something like that. It was two years of football. He had to skip a whole season. I think it was his junior year because he grew six inches in six weeks. And he had to skip a season because of growing pains, <laughs> like his body. <laughs> you know, and like he had not even played that much football is my point. is like he had only played like one season in high school, two seasons in college, if even that. And then he's in the NFL. He's a stud, dude. Yeah, he's he's really good. I and mean, I mean, I can speak for this off the field. He's just an awesome dude. He does so much around this city. He's one of the nicest guys to talk to all the time. And he's just he's he deserves to be extended. And and he's expressed it, man. He said, like, I really want to play in Chicago. I really want to be here for the rest of my career. And I look at it this way, man. He played at Penn State with Christian Hackenberg. He played in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. He's played in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and now Nick Foles. Oh. He had a decent quarterback. Mm. The numbers he would be putting up in a di- – I mean, it's it's wild, man. It is just – it's wild what he does with, with poor quarterback play. Crazy, man. Yeah. All right, any final questions for him, Cody? Any final questions? Um, do you, uh, last one, do you anticipate we're going to see Khalil Mack, uh, lined up on the right side of our offensive line? And the reason I ask is because I feel our best lineman, Taylor Moten, right tackle, um, deserves to be paid and probably should have already been paid considering how much tackles go for in today's NFL. So I think a really good litmus test on, um, what Taylor Moten's future should be is obviously if it goes up against one of the better, if not the best uh, edge player in all the football. So uh, how are you intending to use Khalil Mack? Will he mainly be on one side or the other? And um, yeah, just tell me how, how they've been deploying Khalil. I think you'll see him on both sides. They like to kind of flip him around a little bit. Um, the other thing you'll see him in coverage as well, uh, more than you can more than you expect to. There'll be times where he'll drop back in coverage on obvious pass rush situations. And it's like, what are they doing with them back there? Um, but most of the time you'll see him probably lined up on the right side. They'll flip him over to the left as well. Uh, I did actually extend this a little further. If you think you're going to see Robert Quinn a lot on Sunday in terms of snaps or anything, I think you'll be surprised how little they use him uh, I think his snap count's just over 52%, 53%. They like to rotate a lot of guys in there. So if- what's what's happening there, man? Because you are the second Bears fan today to really hammer home this notion that they are like a, almost an absurd number of times dropping him into coverage. Is that like a weird – like what's what's going on there? Is he playing with some kind of injury that, that maybe isn't being reported? What's – What's with that? You know, he's always on the injury report uh, for his knee, but it's never anything serious. 
Uh, I just think it's just a scheme and the looks that offenses give them for, for whatever reason. And I think Chuck Pagano knows he can get pressure with Akeem Hicks and pressure with Quinn and Roy Robertson Harris and Bilal Nichols. And maybe, you know, we just try to save Mac a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I can't really, to be honest, it is weird to me to see him on a third down drop back in coverage. It, it, It doesn't happen, you know, 10, 15 times a game. I'd say it happens a little, you know, maybe two, three times a game. But when it does happen, it's a little, little worrisome, and I just think it's just their, it's their whatever packages they're in. They've been using a lot of dime packages this year, mainly because yeah. Dane Trevathan has really struggled in coverage. So they'll get him off the field to bring in Deion Bush, and they'll kind of go like a zone look, and maybe have Mac drop back. I, I just think it's just giving offenses different looks because. Let's say that if you're an offensive coordinator, you see Khalil Mack out there, you're guessing he's probably going to rush the quarterback. And yeah. I, I think Chuck Pagano is probably trying to fool them, you know, kind of into maybe, hey, baiting him in. Maybe he can get a cheap interception or something like that. Yeah. I lied. Last question. Is, Mag- is Matt Nagy's job on the line if the Bears miss the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I think he'll get another year. And I think he'll get another yeah. year just because he'll get his quarterback. I, I, yeah. I think he's going to have his choice of, of what quarterback he wants. I like that. Well, I you got to give him two years then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think at least one. Zach, I got one more question for you. Uh, it's kind of a betting question here. Uh, looking yeah. at the the Bears defense the, the the and the Panthers offense, who have scored close to 30 points almost every game we've played this year. It's been a decent-looking offense as far as scoring points. Yeah. Um, I'm setting the, the, the bat line at 43. This is my own line. Over-under, you taking on the game. Ooh, 43. Um, man, actually, if you want to be dead serious here, I think the I think whoever wins the game is going to be 23-20. Okay. So that way it'd be a push. If you put it 43 oh, and a half, wow. I'd take the okay. other. Good line there. Uh, okay. The okay. real yeah. line hey, is 44 and a half, by the way. And I didn't look it's at the that over before, under. So, yeah. And the Panthers. How about this? This is according to my bookie.ag. The Panthers are two and a half point favorites, 44 and a half over under. I find that that's a little home field event. That's home field event. Man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the three point home field. So essentially, yeah. there's no home field yeah, in COVID world. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. You know, you got, you know, what's actually kind of travel. Uh, an interesting thought here is this will be the first game the Bears have played with fans in the stands all year. All of their oh, opponents wow. have fans in the stands. I don't know what the capacity is in North Carolina, but I know it will be the thing. They can have we, like 7,000 fans. Or are something. we playing with fans in the stands this year? This, we did last okay. had. The last game. How many oh, okay. is it, Cody? CK? I said I, I don't know exactly how many, but it's definitely more than Atlanta had. Yeah, and that's on a regular <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Zach, uh, the Bear – Bear po- Bear Report Radio Podcast. Excuse me. Bear Report Radio yep. Podcast. When you guys uh f- when can they find your show and how? Uh usually we uh put it out on Wednesdays. Um you can find it on the Overtime Media Network. You can find us on Twitter, um at Bear Report and uh yeah, you can read the website on bearreport.com and yeah, pretty much it. Man, thanks so much for your time. Yep. Um Thank and you. uh good luck this Sunday, but not a lo- enough luck to win. <laughs> Thanks, Take Thank it easy. All right, man. Uh, that's Zach Pearson with the Bear Report Radio podcast, uh, bringing us a little preview of what the Bears are looking like. Sounds like a defensively sound team with a um, 
inconsistent offense, the story, anyways, of the Chicago Bears. You know, they got to be getting tired of that storyline. Now, I'd like to welcome in our next guest, also member of the podcast, CK. <laughs> Codizzle. What's up, my man? Nice to see you. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Hey, I'm going to need you guys to just rewind and let's redo the show from the beginning. Let's start start over. In a world. Here we go. Uh, Oh, (laughs) the audio's not working. The audio's not working. The stream's not working. Oh, Tony's pissed. (laughs) Everything's working. All right. Uh, How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Just having a a blast working and then streaming and then coming here and hanging out with you guys. Well, CK, just be prepared. We've already been per- been accused once in the chat room of being haters and downers. So when I don't think it's actually happened yet, been very been happy. I found I, I out I asked Panthers guide FSU. I said, "What would it require?" I mean, I want to know this. Like, what does my excitement level need to be at? Does it need to be at ten and six? To be like, a true I mean, fan I mean, fans, or right? no, I mean, yeah. I don't, like, I'm just saying this is, I mean, yeah, am I excited we beat Atlanta for the first time since 2014? Certainly, I guess I'm excited. Yeah, right at their place, the first time since 2017. But I'd also like to remind they're 0 and five, so it's not like right. I felt like we, you know, I mean, they have been so bad. I hate the Falcons. I'm never gonna feel bad for them, but they were getting to the point where you're like, God. These poor but here's fellas. the here's the part, and I know it's a little like you know just to kind of play the other side of this, and I did a little bit on Sunday as well. I mean, they weren't they they were playing some tough opponents, and you know they they played the Bears, they played uh, somebody else who's undefeated, but nonetheless played some people that that are they played the Packers, good. they've played right, the yeah, Bears, played well. the Bears aren't Bears are undefeated. I mean, well, sorry, and, yeah, yeah, for a four and one, but still, yeah, Packers but, are. It, they're yeah, not. But yeah, that, it's it's not been like they're not the worst. I mean, they're not but, the worst mm-hmm. team, but they're also on five. I'll go back <laughs> well, a little bit even further because you have the Chargers who handled themselves pretty well against the uh, against the the Chiefs. You mm-hmm. have them who handled themselves pretty well against the Saints, and honestly, should have won. The injuries, won, they would have yeah. won that. Um, and then you you go back to even the 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 you know our our almost win. A possible win against the Raiders and who just knocked off the Chiefs and in a, in a pretty dominating factor, you know, fashion. I feel like I am as very excited in this is that we're playing with house money. Right. You know, is that like anything? First of all, right now, if we don't lose, if we don't win a single game from now on, yes, will it be very disappointing and a rough whatever we got like uh, 11 games to go certainly it'd be rough but to be honest like that's not the worst possible scenario i forecast for this season and i'm not saying that i even forecast them to be terrible i just didn't like i i think it's unreasonable to expect people to be very good when there's not a lot of evidence that was there now each week we're getting more and different data and really, to be honest, is that this defense is getting better and playing probably better than they are. Mm-hmm. And Let's here's just the part be honest I'll... about that. Is that do you here's really part... think our defense is that much better than it really than they've played at this point? Here's what I wanted to say, you know, because I think that I'm I'm gonna and I'm not gonna sit here and defend anybody shit talking to us saying we don't know anything about football. Right. We we're all, you know, have been watching football for all of our lives and if not played it for a good portion of it. Yep. 
You know, we know, right? But I, as Panthers fans, even when Cam was here, we would get frustrated with the media always talking, not giving us credit, not giving us our due. And you got to think about it. I mean, Panthers, FSU, God, FSU has been 100% an optimist with this team since day one. Yeah, from one. the beginning. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, From the beginning. Yeah, yes. And so when, you know, when he's all in and he's got, you know, he's got that frustration of people shitting on his team as well. So, I mean, I get the frustration. Now, when you're talking about people like Brandon Herbert who want to sit here and say that we don't know what we're talking about when we say Teddy Teddy isn't the long-term answer for this organization, that's, that's when I'll take offense to that. But other than that, I mean, I get why people, you know, when we are critiquing this team for what it really is, which is unproven up to this point uh, to a certain degree, then, then at that point, I get it because they've been dealing with it for their entire time, as we all have being Panthers fans. Right. So, and and Tony, I want to add to what you were saying there, or kind of talk about what you were saying there with the playing with house money, because I feel like it's a little bit of a difference. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the Chiefs are playing with house money because they've already won the Super Bowl. They've got all these young players under contract. They have a chance to move forward and do whatever they want to do. They signed their quarterback to a ten-year deal. I feel like we'd be playing with house money if the fact that we lost, did, uh, lose, or win didn't matter. But here, but here are the simple facts: if we end up winning seven, six, seven games, we're going to be in a terrible position. Just like put us in the exact same position as last year. If we no, end up winning no more games the rest of the year, then maybe we have something to build the franchise around. No, I disagree. I'm still not a believer that, that Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise guy to build around. My you know? my point about the house money is is actually no, I disagree entirely. It's like the Chiefs aren't playing with the house money because I mean, yes, they've won, like so they don't have to win to be successful. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like if you're the former Super Bowl champion, you've got the four hundred million dollar quarterback or whatever he is, you've got really the know, yeah. you've got these pieces. You've got all the parts right there. If they don't make the playoffs, that's a disappointment. It's kind of Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs, right? Well, it's if I was a Chiefs fan, they, that's how I would be. Is that if yeah. I was the, like in the Panthers universe after 2015? Okay. I get what you're saying. I didn't have like the, anything less than the playoffs in 2016 was a big mm -hmm. disappointment. But if we make the playoffs, like that's like what? That's gonna be awesome. If we're yep. right now, we're contending for the division. So it's like we don't really have anything to lose. We can go out there and play as hard as we can. And if we lose, we can still take away some not moral victories, but real improvements and some different things. So I, I like, uh, I think it's like it's kind of easy right now for me being a Panther fan because we've gotten enough wins to be like this is not a tire fire. Right. And um, so either way, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm feeling better than I did ten weeks ago, not ten weeks ago, ten games ago. You know what I'm saying? Like we were. Yeah. I almost feel like this is we've touched the bottom of the pool. Like you know, is that my cousin used to say when you get depressed? This is probably not good mental health advice, but like his advice was to get to the bottom of the pool. Like you got to touch the bottom, and then you're on the way back up from there. I feel like we've touched the bottom. Yeah, and I want to ask you, and this kind of relates to a question that Rock Rhymes here has in the chat. And he says, "If you draft well enough, the draft position doesn't matter." To a certain extent, you're right; it doesn't. At the same time, you have a much higher chance of drafting a a career player, 
you know, Hall of Famer in the first five picks than you do any of the time. So True. if we end up landing <laughs> in like the the but what I what I guess between the tenth and the fourteenth pick, is there a player that we think next year in that 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 position that can make yes. us a contender? Like, can, yes. can can we move forward with a player in that position? Yes. that will make us because a contender for the Super Bowl. I think it's kind of as like your point is sound in some ways, which is that being in the top. I mean, obviously, having early picks gives you more opportunity to get the better players. I mean, that makes sense. But at the same time, if you went through and looked at how many top 10 draft busts there were in the history of the league, is like it's really – I mean, we could have – the year that we drafted Luke Keekley, um, the Joey Riolano, my boy and myself, wanted us to get Morris Claiborne. It was like Morris Claiborne, the top, top corner, the top, top corner. He turned out being nothing – not really. I mean, he was all right, but it was like he was dumb. He wasn't Luke He's notorious yeah. for having a four or something like that on the Wonderlick score. Like the Wonderlick well, test made a fun of him. That was what it did. Just, it laughed at him. I'm, I'm more Jump in there. More, I got to go get a beer real quick. Well, I'm more on Greg's side about this than I am on yours, Tony, because I think that if you look at our draft, Cam Newton and Luke Kingsley came in those top 10 picks, did they? Nah, not? Luke Kingsley was a 12, I think. No, Luke uh, yeah, was, I, think, uh, I think he was eight, right? He was, he was eight. the eighth pick in the draft. I don't think yeah. so. I think more. Well, then, oh, if so, I'm Morris Claiborne was seven. I look it up. Either way, I, I think that you want to draft the 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 cornerstones of your team. Draft them early. If you have some bad years, every good team right now that's competing. They have an early draft pick that they either went up. No, no, that's not every team. He was drafted ninth. Ninth. Every team. Every team has. That's not even that big of a. Yeah, I mean that's like that were drafted in the top fifteen. It's because you're drafted. I'm getting no. It is important. Even the Patriots don't have nothing but thirty-two picks. Uh, It's not like the thirty-second pick all the time. I mean, yeah, they do draft well, but they do a lot of things well. They do free agency well. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, Greg, I do take your point that, again, yeah, man, you, you draft franchise players in the top 15 picks. Players that ideally you're going to want to see wear a gold jacket one day. Now, does that mean they all will? Absolutely not. Not at all. But it does mean that there's, you know, um, you you want players that are going to change your football team that are going to have a meaningful impact if they're not there. So, you know, you have to have those kinds of players. But like Leonard I said, Leonard Fournette right now, was drafted ahead of Christian McCaffrey. I, so they're what? always bust. But 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 how that's my point. That's my point well, is that you know, overall the health of your chance. organization is More not going to five picks is, into being successful than a let than ten to fourteen. I need to see. I can, the I can almost guarantee that. you that more type five. Picks I'd like to see that. That would be a great stat. Yeah, that would be a great stat. I want to look it up. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Can we go to the calls? Do yeah, it. let's do it. All right. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like.
Alright guys, this is uh, Jedi Jor here and I have a hot take. Uh, so let me um let me channel my inner Stephen A. Smith. Alright. Mike Davis is everything that we wanted Cameron Artist Payne to be. Ooh, and when I say us, I say that lightly because okay. I was never a Cameron Artist Payne believer. But everybody swore up and down that he was gonna be this great running back had he got a shot and every time that he did get an opportunity to show us what he could do he did a disappointed us like a father of a porn star um but mike davis has been everything that we want a backup running back to be he plays physical he brings something different than what McCaffrey brings. Obviously, he's not better than McCaffrey. McCaffrey is, you know, MVP level every year. So um, I'm not going to say anything that crazy. But, um, but yeah, definitely. Mike Davis is everything that we wanted Cameron Artist Payne to be. All right, you guys have a good one. Keep doing a good job. Have a good Keep out of it. I would That's like to say this is – Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, except for Cameron Artist Payne was awesome. We just never let him be Cameron Artist Payne. Mm-hmm. He's the man it's without Ron a cap. Rivera, man. Ron man. Rivera, it was, it was a problem with oh. Ron. He was not able to build up talented, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a Ron Rivera thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's a maybe, Ron Rivera thing. Maybe. I can't, I can't say it wasn't. So. I mean, that's what I think it was. I also think that uh, Mike Davis, I want to see him be a real part of this football team. Would like you? Even, you sorry, brought this up before the beginning of the show, Cody. Is I asked you, what do you want to talk about tonight? You said I want to talk about Mike Davis in the two back system. Talk yeah, about I, what I think, you what what you've seen because Mike Davis has run mean. He's been like a sledgehammer on Twinkle Toes. He's like a so mean and rough, but also light on his feet and wonderful. He's not yeah. seen like a liability in the passing game or the, I don't know. They take him off in third down. I feel like a lot of times, but yeah. I don't know, probably because they're spreading him out. What are your thoughts about Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey and how it works? Yeah. I think that we extend the longevity of McCaffrey's career by, really utilizing this blessing in disguise that Christian McCaffrey's injury has been. Uh, I, I think you have to have a bit of a selfish mentality on offense. We want all the yards. We want all the points and we want our players to play all the years. Okay. And I think that we can do that and implement a, a system where we have two legitimate running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it's, uh, that thunder and lightning approach that the Panthers have done uh, very effectively before with uh, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm of the mindset that uh, we've discovered a good thing. Let's keep him being a good thing in this offense. Let's help out Christian. It allows Christian to be flexed out at wide receiver more often. Uh, we can use him on, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many different possibilities of adding in another talented back to this system on top of having a player like McCaffrey, I think that could be a very potent, very powerful one-two punch 
um, especially at the time when our offensive line is really playing really well. You know this is going to be the only year Mike Davis is a Carolina Panther, right? Oh, yeah, he's going to be picked up by the Patriots next year. Uh, or anybody point. like he is playing <laughs> he's playing on a minimum deal basically yeah. one year prove it deal he's out there trying to prove that he could be you know i was thinking like he could be a starter for a team and right now he looks like it and i would like to say you know he i want to go back and look at the tape maybe i'm misremembering but i feel like he reminds me of michael turner who was also a charger like um Tolbert was, but Michael okay. Turner went to Atlanta and had a lot of success. He kind of reminds me of that, but I need to go back. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. Uh, Mike Davis in the two-back system. I'll turn it over to the fellas. I have a real I, quick question about yeah. – sorry, CK. Can I ask no, real quick? Good. Real quick about what what uh, uh, um, Cody was talking about right there is you mentioned the last point. I'm glad you got that point in about the offensive line playing so much better. Do you think maybe – I'm not. I'm not trying to say that Ron Rivera was not a problem, but do you think that maybe the offensive line playing a lot better has to do with maybe the fact that 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 Davis is getting a better chance and the fact that Christian McCaffrey is injured is giving him a better chance? I mean, had Christian McCaffrey been injured last year and Cameron Orange Payne was our only our running back, he would have gotten more of an opportunity. So I think the opportunities are coming not only because he's doing well, but because we don't have another option. And two, I wanted to ask you. What you're saying right now, I agree with you. The, the the thunder and lightning in the backfield is great. Do you want to have a thunder and lightning option when you just paid the the running back the highest paid position in the NFL? Like he's the highest paid running back in the NFL. Shouldn't that doesn't that mean you want him to be the guy who's taking the load and taking the the the, the bulk of things? You know, at the beginning of the year, we got mad Christian McCaffrey didn't get that one that one uh, run. So, I mean, you know, I got to remind us about all that kind of stuff. I, I do agree. I like the idea of having two backs back there that can really do well. But we're we're arguing against ourselves if we say that, honestly, because we were pissed that Christian McCaffrey didn't get that carry in game two. I think it's a situational you know? football thing, though. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong using other players. I, I think that when the game is on the line and you need mm-hmm. a fourth down, Give it to the guy that you paid to be the guy. Okay. That's, that, that's I don't know. I feel saying. like we should have just given it to Mike Davis, to be honest. If I need one yard, I'm kind of putting my money on this bowling ball mug so, over so here. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It looks funny. I, I almost say this about, is yeah. run Mike Davis into the ground this year since we will not. he won't be a Panther anymore. Just give CMC the rest of the season on. What I don't if know you about have the tenth pick and you trade Christian McCaffrey down to the second or third, oh, and you gosh. keep no, Mike We're Davis. not talking about any of that. Did you guys see this hey. Derrick Henry <laughs> stiff one? Yeah. Oh my god! No. Yeah, oh, uh, Derrick Henry played great tonight. Oh, he you mean did I, you mean did I see uh, Derrick Henry uh, take Josh Norman's soul? I did see. That. Was it I Josh Norman? That's Josh <laughs> Norman. Awesome. Oh my god! That's Josh Norman. That adds to my narrative that he is garbage. No, he was off like balance like and running. I mean, it was he a good played good run. one year. Yeah. Come on, no, you got to remember, Derrick Henry is a freaking beast. Bro. <clears throat> yes, yes, like, but you, you're, you're one of the highest paid cornerbacks. You got to see that. Not, not anymore. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Not anymore. He's not. He was. I like Justin. All right, let's go. Dude, how about the Bills? 
the Bills got pooped on tonight. Yeah, yeah they, but you got to also keep well. in mind the, the, the they were was, without was seven starters. Like the Bills were. Yeah, yeah, they were without seven starters tonight. The end. They were off Trey the White, one of their best players yeah. on the defense. Yeah, not there. Brown, not there. Yeah, it was. It's a lot of people. If you look at their their injury or the people that were not playing, and I don't know if it's all injury related or not, they were decimated. And that's no yeah, excuse. Yeah. Josh Allen played horrible tonight. Yeah, but once again, the the end is also deceiving because they were only down by like seven or eight points with like seven minutes left, and they did a kickoff and they fumbled the kickoff, and uh, uh, the Titans got the ball back on the twenty yard line and scored a touchdown. So yeah. I mean, it was yeah, kind of well, deceiving. Turnovers they, they lead the points. Yeah, right? <clears throat> the points exactly. So it's part of the game, but it's it's not as bad of an ass whooping as it looked like. The ex- so. the I'm not going to say excuses. The reasoning a lot of I'm uh, Bills fans that I'm seeing is that they're having to prepare for two teams right now because they have to worry about playing the Chiefs next. So I, was, but I don't think there's much no credit to that because the Bills haven't had to play because of, uh, you know, that this the whole reason this got moved was because of COVID, right? And so it's not like they're on a short week. They've had a long week to prepare. So they're trying to say that they're, they've been preparing for two teams, but they don't even have to play the Chiefs until Monday night next week. So they even well, have that's silly. Yeah, I think that's a silly thing because you should only be preparing for the people you got to prepare for, which is right now it was a team you just lost to. Like yeah. split. I don't even know why you would prepare for. I mean, it's not like you. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, is that you got to prepare for the Titans who were a playoff team last year, who have been good this year. If you're looking ahead, you're buying into your own legend already yeah oh no i think i think this is a, a situation of the bills being young but also being way too cocky or maybe <laughs> like this is what happens when you run into a team that can run the ball and play defense i also tonight saw a bunch of receivers dropping passes for the bills too i'm just saying i saw a ton of drop yeah, passes. I mean, it happens and then uh clock kill it like the panthers do I'd be interested. I mean, you know, this is something I want to follow this season is how many possessions does a team get? So what I was thinking about with this earlier is that the Panthers have been decimating the time of possession battle throughout the season. We've been getting better on third downs, which has led to longer drives. In this past Atlanta game, we had three, seven, three drives that were more than seven minutes long. And not only does that allow you to control the game, but one of the things that I think it does for our team that helps is it just gives the their offense less possessions. So then each possession that they have perhaps becomes numerically and statistically more valuable. So if you stop their offense and they only get five possessions, you've stopped them 20% of the time right away. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that for a team that is not explosive, and it's not just running the clock down and playing good defense. That's not the only way that you have you win the time of possession battle, right? There's other ways to do it, and that is spread the ball out, dink and dunk. <clears throat> and that is one of the things that may be helping our young defense. Be interested to see how many possessions the Bills actually had because – you know, if that that's how you screw with a good offense is you keep them off the field. Yeah. Right? And you don't do that with your defense. Like, if I play – I mean, right now I don't want to do that. I'm trying to think. That's how you beat the Chiefs, right? 
Yeah, I mean, that's how, but in theory. That's how I would try to beat them if I was the Panthers. We got to play them this year. I want them to have as few as possible opportunities to score as they can. So if they have seven drives and they score on four of them, and that's all they get, don't turn it over, long drives, you can be in that game. I think to beat the Chiefs, you have to do both. Uh, I think that's what the Raiders did. Right. If you if you notice Derek Carr, he attacked downfield and with Henry Ruggs, and that that's that's what they did. And again, I don't care if anyone wants to say I'm being a bad fan or not. That's my worry about this football team. That we can be a good football team, but if we have to get into a shootout, I don't think the Panthers are built to win a shootout. Yeah, I don't think we are either. That's not the game we want to play. That's kind of like saying you wanted to be the 2013 Panthers and try to win with offense. No, we tried to keep the score under 20, you know, and win that way. Um, I know this is that I don't, I wouldn't want us to, I don't think this team wants to be in shootouts. You know, I don't think, I mean, I don't think they say that they can't win that way. I think they would say we don't want to win that way, right? Is that if we have to do that, that, we though. we will. No, you don't have. But no, I mean, theater, I mean, think about it. Is that if you're if you're a distance runner, you don't want to challenge. You don't want your opponents to to sprint. You know, to do forty yard dashes. Like let's do 10 40 yard dashes. No, I. That's not my game. That's not our game right now. And no. if we get in that game. That's going to be a problem. The numbers two, the numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What it do? C three. It's your boy Mike. AKA Supreme leader. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing all right. Yeah, man. Hope you guys are doing great. All right. Um. Okay, this is what I want you guys to do. All right, just uh, just play along with uh. Your supreme leader. All right. Close your eyes. All right. All right. Just close your eyes. Now picture, picture hands. All right. One hand, a right hand, and a left hand. Okay. You got your two hands. Okay. Now picture those hands touching other hands. All right. Oh. Then okay. picture something reaching out, and then they're touching me. Oh, and I know what they're he's doing. Weird. You. Yeah, I know what he's doing. <laughs> and then Caroline think of a, uh, <laughs> a sweet young lady named Caroline. She's got yeah, I know what he's doing. Stuck in her head. <laughs> she can't remember it, but it's something like bum bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> now open your eyes. Yeah, it's a great day to be a freaking Caroline. <laughs> yeah. Like oh it. my God. Um, I like it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just oh, I'm, I am overjoyed to see the growth on all levels of offense and defense. Teddy, you know, not shitting on Cam. I will never shit on Cam, but Teddy, his accuracy is getting a lot better, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Mike Davis, oh boy, that man runs like somebody just slapped his baby with a. Freaking a hundred pound pair of I don't know 
I don't know, but Dicks. that baby got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, all three of our starting receivers, they stepped up big time. Oh, my God. They're doing well. Uh, D-line still showing that that roughness and toughness. Uh, take C. Burns, get hurt, but hopefully he'll be back in another week. Um, linebacker Shaq Thompson, he's doing his thing. Uh, Jeremy Chen as well, still doing his thing. Whitehead, I am not sure about him anymore. God, I miss Luke. Um, secondary, way to go, Justin Burris. Way to go on that interception, buddy. I don't know who Matt Ryan was throwing to, but way to go. You could have fell on that fumble, but I'll cut you some slack, man. Um, Scoop and score. I'm speechless, guys. We're three and two. We're right in the the hut. Got the Bears coming up. They ain't shit, so I ain't worried about it. Um, Is that the end? Oh, here. Let's see. All right, go ahead and comment on that part of the call because we got uh, Bart Du. Actually, well, no, maybe not right away. I'll ask real quick then. Uh, you know, the Bears just beat the uh, Bucks yep. last week on Thursday in 2019. The Bucks barely beat us. So barely how does that make beat us. Up? They did. They they were up like twenty twenty eight or twenty one nothing, and they ended up winning by like four points. I think. Did they? So, Chicago I mean, barely beat us. We haven't played Chicago yet. We played Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, I was trying to make asking. a pun on the word oh. bear. B E A R. Did they barely? <laughs> bear? I did that twice oh, to you yeah. now. Now that and the cheesy. I did that yeah. twice to you. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, that uh, episode is dropping again on Friday. It's a retro, but got check it out. Nice. Um, yeah, I, so it makes me wonder, based on what everybody's saying and, and looking at the things in the future. Do we have? Well, I think we have a really good shot of beating the Bears. I think that maybe had the 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 Bucks not gone up twenty one nothing or however much they went up on us in the first half to begin with, that we would have had a real shot at that game. And there's a very but, good chance we could beat the Bears. And you got to you know? keep in mind too that game we were still trying to find our identity. I mean, and I feel like we're still sure. trying to do that a little bit, but we've we've got something, and I think we're going to grab a hold of it. And I think this team is hopefully going to. Not let the taste of winning get in the way, you know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Yeah, we've been in all the games so far. Is that I mean yeah. the most out of reach game was the Bucks game for mm-hmm. us, and there was an opportunity to come back in time. And I'd like to point out this is that while the Bears did pull that game out, there was some problems. First of all, the Bucks uh played pretty well to start that game. Vita Vea goes mm-hmm. down, that hurt their pass rush a little bit. Their ability to stop their run, I guess maybe it's just pass rush in general. The Bucks were really in command of that game for the vast majority of that game, and mm-hmm. arguably just hadn't played as well as they could have. You know, only scoring what nineteen points 19 by the points. end of the game. Oh. Yeah, uh, and the Bears did make kind of a last minute thrust, and again. The Bears, and we were talking about with our guest, Zach Pearson, and I, I'm pretty sure it was this game, is that, you know, you're down within the last two minutes of the game, and I think they they passed the ball twice. And, I mean, Tom Brady got that the football back with like a mm-hmm. minute and 15 seconds left, and all right. they needed was a field goal. And really, Tom Brady shit the bed uh, like an uncharacteristic the first time. He forgot. That, 
he it's like the what first was, time yeah. he's ever made a mistake, really. Yeah, I mean, he think about what that. Down it was. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, he thought it was third down. Um, and then being the douchebag he was, he didn't act like he that, that that's what happens in the p- press conference, right? <laughs> but the so I won't say. Look, is the Bears won the game, so I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But in some ways, the opponent, two of the opponents, three of the opponents they've played have also lost the game. The Lions dropped a touchdown pass at the end that would have. I mean, it was there. It was there. It was mm-hmm. game over if he catches that ball. Uh, the Falcons were up like a billion points and then gave away shit the bed. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks also, in some ways, shit the bed in this game. So I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But, um, yeah, we can beat them. Oh, yeah, we can we, beat we them can. right now. Yeah, I think yeah. that – I mean, like, we're favored right now. And I think that's part of the reason we're favored is the – the Bears have been winning games they shouldn't have won. And mm-hmm. we've been winning games we should win and can win, I guess. And if we would have won that Oakland game, man. Or the Tampa Bay game. Either yeah, one of either one. Like, like we'd really, be 4-1 right now. I agree. Yeah, yeah it'd be crazy. great storyline. It's already yeah. a great storyline. I think we're going to ex- mm-hmm. – uh, there's a very good chance we extend to four wins. And there's Here's, a very good chance I'm mailing you that ten dollar check or PayPaling you going straight to the charity. Later. Straight to the charity. Yep. Here's my question. Right now, the Bears. We have the Bears. we can we can all agree that our offense is better than their offense, right? Yes, I would say yes. Um, now the biggest thing is the defenses. Now we got to keep in mind we can say our offense is better than their offense all day. But it really boils down to how much better our offense is than their defense, mm-hmm. and Ooh. how much better their defense is than their than our offense. Because we can all agree Ooh, that our defense. Good way is, of putting it. Great way. Yeah, you know, that's it. that's really what it boils down to. Is if it's our not offense, defense to defense, it's defense to offense and offense to defense. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we mm-hmm. like can our defense. The way I'm looking at it, the way I, I, I approach it is, it's almost like two sides of the same coin, right? Um, one side is the offense that we run and their defense are at a certain level. We have a higher level of efficiency on our offense. Mm-hmm. And then our defense is still pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but their offense is okay. It's not winning any awards. It's Do I think that – I'm just trying to put it into perspective that our if our defense can stop them from scoring, their defense cannot stop us from scoring at least once, right? Right. Our defense can stop them. Because they're they're not running behind a tremendously talented, uh, you know, running back court. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not bad, but they're not like superstar, you know, or anything right now. Um, I think their defense is better give, give better than you give them credit for. Oh, well, I think they can stop. Better than maybe we're I'm not saying they will, too. but I think yeah. they can. Well, you know, the thing is too with this situation, it's always when you got to look at it. Defense is always more difficult, even though you may have a fantastic defense. Having a number one defense to me is like having a top six, seven, five, eight offense because defense is always reactionary. You don't know what's going to happen. You've got to play based on what happens and react and 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 you know execute. Offense is different. You know before the ball snapped what's going to happen. So having a top six, seven, eight offense is like having a top three defense. So. I mean, I, I'm a believer the defense wins championships, but defense is much harder to play because you're always playing the reactionary role. 
You know how you, you know? beat this Bears defense is you Mike Davis them to death. Maybe. Yeah. You just Maybe. Yeah. thud them. Mike, Mike thud Davis them. You want to ruin a pass attack? You want to ruin a pass rush? Is you just soften them and soften them. You make Eddie Jackson have to creep up in the box. This and that. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Is that if we can't run the ball effectively on Sunday... It's going to be t- it's going to be a lot more difficult to beat a team that has those parts. We heard about the parts, and we know last year wasn't it, Cody? Was it last year that you had uh, Eddie Jackson at Defensive Rookie of the Year? No, I um or two years. Remember, uh, we we did a big thing about Eddie Jackson on this show and how good he was and stuff yeah. like this. And was it, it last is- year? Or the year before? The year before, because it was a uh, the Bears. Um, it was when we faced the Bears, and they uh they destroyed us. Well, there, yeah, but but neither of our offenses did shit that game. Uh, I will I will say this though: I think our chances depend on us being able to make those third downs third and manageable. So right. basically, short yardage it needs to be third and seven. You know, and that means that's that long. Um, nah, it needs to be like third and five. Third, well, third I mean, third. What I mean is third. I mean is third and seven and 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 less, because anything after that, I mean, again, he can throw. I'm not saying he can't throw more than that, but I'm saying once you're getting into third and twelve, third and fifteen, um, I just trust. I don't know if I trust yet. Again, this is a big test. The biggest test so far to our offensive line. How about that? Yeah. We've been we've been giving our offensive line a ton of credit. I think this is a legitimate defense from their defensive line to the linebacking course to their backfield. Um I think we're really going to see what kind of offense we have and if this kind of offense is able to beat a defense of that caliber and two if things don't go our way are we able to make the necessary adjustments? to be able to combat this defense. And that would be another test for Matt Rule because we haven't seen him do that yet. That was one of our big criticisms of Rivera is that after halftime, we wouldn't make any adjustments. So that there's, you know, we still have an opportunity to see that from Matt Rule. And I want to see what our offensive line does. We have an opportunity to show out. All right, let's do we keep know? Do we- Go ahead. Do we have word on Christian McCaffrey? Is he coming back this week? Uh, not. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow um, about injuries. Matt Rule in his press conference on Monday said that there were so many injuries, right? There's like so many that he wouldn't be able to, to speak on any of them till Wednesday. And that would be the earliest that they would be able to make a determination about Christian McCaffrey. The two things that came out of that, though, were one – he said that he did not have to come back this week to remain on IR. Um, and two, it didn't sound like they were in a hurry to bring him back. Huh. I wonder why. Uh, yeah, right, right. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. Jason from Colorado calling. Um, I'm good. I got a lot to say. I'm probably going to use up two messages, but um, I guess I'll start Do it, off brother. With, we're here for um, you. Last week, I heard a lot of talk about Stats and how stats don't lie, and that you look at stats that Kyle don't Allen is as good of a quarterback as Teddy Bridgewater. But then in the Talk same breath, 13. 
I hear yeah. all this Don't talk about that how Teddy's numbers are inflated because of yards after catch and that in that way that the stats are lying. And I just I, – I don't think it goes one way or the other, but I think that context is super important. And yes. Agreed. I think that, Agreed. you know, as a student of history, I that's what I studied in college, just like you, Tony, and uh, oh, context man. is everything. You can't take a single statistic and isolate it and say that this is what caused – anything because that yeah. causality can't be isolated like that but there good um yeah. And, and yeah do you think that the lack of a deep game means that we can't do it or do you think that we're just pacing our offense and i i think that it's a good question the, right here. i think Cody i've been thinking about this that are we can't we by playing to our strengths we want to avoid getting into shootouts and i think that the way that you avoid getting into a shootout is by winning the time of possession battle. My and man, we're like on the same point. cerebral Keeping wave control of it, pacing yourself, and really you don't need to take those huge chunk plays because we weren't really getting behind the sticks. We don't have a lot of right. penalties. We've been playing really disciplined football. And so I think that that shows that we're st- we have a game plan going into it, and I do think that that shows that we're trying to scheme to our opponent's weaknesses as much as we are scheming to our own strengths. And I think that that shows the quality of the coaching. Um. Secondly, I, I feel like I've been a bit of a Shaq apologist for the past couple weeks, <laughs> and um, I just wanted to point out that Shaq is second on the team after Chin and tackles, but I, I kind of feel like Whitehead might be making Shaq worse in the same way that we used to talk about Paradis play being reduced oh. by the quality of the guards on either side of him and how he would have to kind of compensate for them missing assignments, and I feel like Shaq might be doing the same thing with Tahir Whitehead and having to bite off more than he can chew because yeah. he has to cover a bit more of the field to cover some of Whitehead's vulnerabilities. But I could just be, you know, looking through things with rose-covered glasses. Um, I did see that Carolina's passing attack is fifth behind only the Cowboys, Bills, Packers, and Chiefs, which really is pretty freaking awesome. We're seventh overall when you plug in the run game, but Mike Davis has been delivering more than enough. I mean, like like Tony said, he is a very mean, mean man. and. Um, yeah, I want. I heard a lot of love for Brian Burns last week too, and I noticed that. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter before the season that Julius Peppers put up. All right, so that's the first half of the call. We're going to get to the second half. Uh, first of all, great, great call. Great call. Uh, one, yeah. when, like we're we're walking in step, man. Uh, that's what historians obviously do together. Uh, one as what comes up to me is like whenever my students talk about facts. It's like just the facts, just the fact. I want to speak on facts is that people use that term loosely, right? Is like, what is a fact? There's actually a lot less facts than you think, right? Is that a lot of it is context interpretation. Now with statistics, the quote that comes to mind and I forget who says it, but there's statistics, there's damn statistics and there's lies, right? So we can pull numbers right out that prove almost any argument we want to make in yeah. some way. But uh, and look at this is that for someone who has been resistant to I look at this offense, and I don't see it as like a dynamic, dynamic offense. Maybe yeah. that's not the right word. Dynamic prolific is not the word is is the word maybe I'm looking for is not. Is, is that the fact that we're in those conversations with 
Dallas A, who has put up a bazillion points. Maybe it's because they had to. But, like, Green Bay, I don't feel like we're a top, top offense. I don't feel like we're a bad offense either. Um, and I think uh, I agree with a lot of it is that, look, is it's that we need this offense to do exactly what it's doing, not turn the ball over, move the ball down the field, and we need them to do even better about getting in the end zone. Yeah. Can I bring up one point? I did love that call. He raised a lot of great points. There was only one issue I had with that call with him talking about the coaching this year and how great they're doing playing to the competition because last year us and fans complained about Ron Rivera playing to the competition. So I guess if it goes your way, it's okay to do that. But playing to the competition is not the way you should coach a team to play. Well, I mean, maybe what I think. No, I don't. Think, why was it bad? Is that for what he was saying? Then? I was. I thought he was saying I, well, I, is that I, I, I we are adapting yeah. to adapting to the competition. You know, Ron Rivera had an attitude. I could be mistaken. So, Ron Rivera yeah. had an attitude: is this is we're going to win this way regardless of who we play. And if we, we don't, we can play the together. Chiefs. We can yeah. play this. We can play any team, and this is how we're going to win. Um. And he was notoriously terrible for – there was zero adjust. The Panthers never made right. an adjustment. Right. And I don't know if it was him. Like, I've always wondered this. How do teams walk into the locker room in that 12 minutes that they're back there? You know what I'm saying? Because they have to and walk back make, there. Uh, and then they yeah. all these adjustments, yeah. Yeah, and when then all of a sudden they be, come uh, up. Big <laughs> halftime speech or something like that. Like, where's the time to actually go over the game? Like, if it takes you all week to game plan, and then all of a sudden that game plan's not working, how do you adjust that game plan? Right. How do they do it? I don't understand it. But I could tell you this, is that after watching all those Ron Rivera teams, they rarely did anything different <laughs> in the second half. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, like, more of the same. Um, no, good call. Let's go to part two. But yeah, Brian Burns, uh, or Julius Peppers put a picture of Brian Burns up and, uh, with uh, the statement, he said the next one. And then Brian Burns puts up the goat emoji and, and it was all in good fun. It was, but it was nice, nice to see that love being spread around it. And, and it's nice to see Brian Burns really developing into a dominant pass rusher. Um, and then another thing that was mentioned on the show last week is like when, when he got hurt, they were saying that he didn't get a concussion, but he had concussion symptoms, and I don't see how that can be possible. I mean, after taking a hit like that and exhibiting concussion yeah. symptoms, that must mean that you have a concussion. And I yeah. feel like if, you know, I take that more seriously than most people, especially after seeing Luke's career shortened for whatever reason, but concussions must have had something to do with it. And so I think that they really just ought to play it safe with him and give him time off, even if it means he doesn't play next week or, or even the week after. I mean, you can't take those things lightly. Uh, we're, we're doing fine. I don't think losing Brian Burns was, sank our defense, um, mm, but I certainly help. would rather him have yeah. him stick around for 10, 12 more years than, you know, force him out on the field and, and have him get hurt no. again. Um, but I guess yeah. – Real quick inter- interjection here. We're about two years outside of the concussion uh, kind of scandal or whatever you would want to call it. You know, two or three years outside of like Cam was getting a hit in the head. They made the movie concussion or whatever it was. The P, you know, what is it that they're yeah, all it getting? Was, uh, CTE. It was I think. Yeah, CTE stuff and all of this. And it was 
now there have been other issues that have infiltrated this NFL conversation. And I'm not trying to like bridge these by any means, but black lives matter, social issues, this and that have taken over, right. Have replaced that. Do you guys, I feel like, and I feel like I've noticed it. Then I've seen guys in the game look like some of the things they would have stopped it two years ago and been like, this must got to go. We got to have seven doctors check on them. I feel like they're also regret. They're kind of regressing on the CTE concussion stuff. I've seen people look woozy and I mean, like they need to come out according to what they were doing two years ago. There was a doctor with binoculars watching every player to see how he reacted. If he stumbled a little bit, do you guys notice that at all? Do you feel like it's taken a step back? I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't seen as many concussions this year. I mean, it, me personally, I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I've seen a few where somebody looks like they're like, you know, they're and their teammate seems super concerned, but their teammates are literally the ones stopping the plays. You know, I, I don't think I've seen the referees coming in and doing anything in, in, in at least in the games that I've been watching. I don't know about you guys. Two years ago, anybody that showed any symptoms had to be mandatory. Don't you remember this? They had to be taken. Now, maybe the tent has changed some of this. What the tent? Because the tent is kind of newer. But you remember, it was like if they showed any symptoms, they had to be taken back into the locker room and examined by a third-party head specialist. I haven't heard anything about that in the last year. Right? No. I mean, Maybe. so just observation just observation let's keep going with the call. lastly um i wanted to propose a question because you know looking back at, at the losing or winning win-loss records of teams that are in the you know that really i guess the top spot when we're talking about some of the quarterbacks or top three the ceiling of wins is really only about four wins so we're really knocking on the door of playing ourselves out of you know what most people would consider play for the first round uh you know the top quarterbacks of this next draft but let's say the teams like the Jets or the Giants, which I feel like a lot of us would agree that they're front runners for those positions. But they're also teams that already have a solution at quarterback, whether or not it's a franchise guy. So what what would you all think about trading a third or a fourth round pick over to, you know, for a Sam Darnold or a Daniel Jones? Um, I don't know if I know enough about those guys, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I love the podcast. Keep it up. Uh, it's really great having uh, somebody to talk to about some Panthers football being all the, all the way out here in the diaspora. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Love having you being a contributor of the show, man. Keep calling. Keep being part of the community. Your two calls tonight have been um, great contributions to the discussion. I'm going to turn it over Cody Lashney on that. I was actually kind of thinking this too, is that I know Sam Darnold might be used goods um, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater to a Sam Darnold isn't, maybe that's not the year you do it. I don't know. What do you think about sloppy seconds on one of those? Um, I would be more okay with Sam Darnold than I am with Daniel Jones. However, oh yeah, you also have to realize that Either of those guys, if we're trading for them at some point, they have to be paid. So we would have to figure out if they were the guy within the next year or two. Um, we've already so, paid Bridgewater. Yeah, and, and yeah, again, we've already we already have Teddy. There's almost uh, 
there's almost no real point to it. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I felt like I tried to say this earlier this year. If you're going to rebuild and you're going to move from one quarterback to another, you need to draft him because that way you have a quarterback on a rookie contract that you're not sinking a ton of money into. You can put your finances into other aspects of the team um, and, and, and build that way. I mean, that's why I said if you have a guy that you like and you want to build your football team around him, go get him. Go get him. That's my mindset. I think that's what you have to do to win, uh, specifically in today's NFL. And uh, I do think Sam Darnold, once it gets away from Adam Gase, uh, just like a lot of players who leave Adam Gase, <laughs> I, I think Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold, I do think, has potential. But he yeah, needs to be I don't in the think he's uh, I don't think he's done. I mean, I won't say done, but he's the, is it, actually is somewhat of an released? intriguing name. Remember, he was the, the most pro-ready quarterback. Yes, coming out of college. They did release Bell. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's that's insane. You know what? What's crazy about that is does that speak volumes to the the willingness to um, hold out? I mean, I know why he did it, but like he lost two years of his most of his like his quality uh, quality like years as a running back. Even though he wasn't getting hit in that moment in time, but he was still, lo- I mean, he was still losing those years. He hasn't done just anything he since he came back. He no, that's nothing. what I'm saying. Like, did he just? I mean, I feel like he ruined his ability to make a name in this in in history. Should have just NFL. taken the money from the Steelers. That's yeah, why you don't go chasing uh, waterfalls. I mean, right? he, don't go chasing waterfalls. Rivers and lakes or... that you're used to, buddy. I'm telling you, <laughs> guys. You got to keep in mind, Dak hasn't gotten paid. Like he didn't get paid before all of this. That's an unfortunate. Yeah, he did. Yeah, let's not there. feel all. Well, look, he's going to make thirty eight million. This only year. made yeah, thirty eight. Yeah, it's like right. come on. So, I mean, but what I mean, that, people who are like, people are like, oh, we can't survive now. He's not going to make money. He made thirty eight million dollars <laughs> last year. You'll be okay. Listen, that, for at least no one. Seventy-five. I agree with no one's there. saying okay, that so. he's not financially okay. Obviously, he is. But what we're the, talking the, about, yeah, is, his ability to be able to market himself. At going forward, like now, whoever signs him, sure, be it, sure, be it, be, it, be it the Cowboys or anyone else, they have to justify paying that kind of money. You're to right. They weren't going to pay him anyway. They weren't going to pay him anyway. Dollars in his contract, fifty million dollars. I will never in my life, for a hundred lifetimes, no doubt, see that <laughs> no much doubt. money. He'll no be doubt. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. How about yeah, this? Is okay. that if there was, I would feel worse. For Dak Prescott, if he played a different position, yeah. And yeah, what I mean I by that and, is, and, he is but, the most, he's the greatest beneficiary of the franchise tag situation. Not that he yeah. benefit, like he certainly did not make more money by signing the franchise tag than he would have had he signed a five year deal. I'm not saying that, but imagine if you were franchise tagged and you're a tight end. Right, and exactly. it's at nine million dollars, mm-hmm. and your career and, is over. That's a lot different than thirty. He is at the best possible position. That mm-hmm. left tackle yeah. is not the worst scenario. So that's why and, I, I do feel like they're a little violinish about well, the Kirk Cousins also did the same thing too. If they put and he made more money than anybody. Yeah, and essentially they might they might do the same thing. With Dak, and he's going to be in a position to make oodles and oodles of money. No, but that's why that's I why mean, people talk trash way, about. Does, 
Yeah, good. Either way, it does. It does suck for him, man. You know, it you does. Know, it does. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't yeah, get me wrong. He could have made a ton more money, but people talk. How about this? About the, here's the franchise a tag. Sorry, good. Here's an edgy question for you on Dak: Is what's worse towards his long-term financial security and success? Learning uh, that he suffered from depression, like admitted suffered like real depression. Or the broken ankle. Just the based bro- on the pain, if when I saw the broken ankle, dude. No, I if you are the no, that. if oh, you're the God. owner. Okay. If you are somebody that was gonna go sign, and I'm not saying that I, like we should, um, go after him, yeah. Or or even but, that we should like be like we need to be like I'm not trying to be down on people that have mental illness. I right? I mean because I I have mental illness like. I'm fucking fucked up in the head. I'm in, like, uh, but aren't we all? My point is, is this, is that like once it comes out that you have, not that you have, but that you are, whatever it is, once it becomes part of the lexicon and the narrative of your name, isn't that just as bad as having a torn Achilles? I feel like during any other time, I feel like during any other time in any other year, maybe, but because shit is so backwards in this world, and everybody's feel. I feel like if if you haven't felt depressed in this year at some point, like whoa, man, you must have a crazy. Was good it life just that he was depressed, or was you, it clinical depression? Well, I don't know. And see, to I me, don't know line, either. Like I, I shouldn't be talking on it because I don't know well, enough. Well, but even if it was clinical depression, like in, in my mind. I think he just had the balls to say what a lot of people probably want to, but just don't because yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, that's a and great for, thing. And, and for better or worse, what you just said is true. Like I think that's why a lot of people don't ever want to admit that they're depressed, <laughs> right? Because it, it, it's that mindset like, oh, you sad pussy. Turn that frown right. upside down and quit. Well, it's about yeah. It. It, it, you it's, got thirty-eight billion dollars. There's all of these can, things. Yeah, yeah. Right. Can, right, can right. I say too that like Dak Prescott? While I do feel bad, he could have made money. I feel horrible for the injury he had. It sucks, man. I hate to see a player happen like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to feel sad for him with money because he turned down a good bit of money because oh, he, not... because he bet on himself. And here's the thing: if you want to bet on yourself. That's fine. More power to you. And if you feel like you can do it, that's awesome. And if it works out, that's awesome too. He bet on himself and he lost. Period. The, the problem that I it. have, the problem yeah. I have with it is I think anybody feels sorry for him for you know all of that. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, well, he was, you know, he was holding out. He this is exactly why people hold out. And I'm like, I think the reason that he held out was more he wanted more money, right? That's really right. the bottom line. That's what I'm saying. Right? It's, so it's so making $2 million or more a year was more important but, to him than making the next $70 million he would have made but had he just signed I mean. the damn contract. Like, this you is know? a prime example. You can make that argument both ways. Is like, you know, this is why this injury, this the guaranteed money. This is why he was going for this. And I'm like, my thoughts on the matter are he got offered a well, good deal. If he would have, if he would have taken the offer, he wouldn't have to worry about it. Exactly. Like, also, be, exactly. Yeah, but also he'd be okay, making seventy five, eighty million dollars over the next four years. You. Easy. I, I promise, yeah. I hear you, and I'm not even disagreeing with you. But the 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 flip side of that, the devil's advocate of that, is if I'm Dak Prescott. 
why shouldn't I be like every other quarterback? Because, because you're not producing like Cam. Because you're eight and eight every year. The That's precedent, why. It doesn't matter. The precedent is that now whenever a guy signs, whoever the most recent guy to sign is, they're paid the most money. So by the way, hold on. Like, I understand what you're saying, but we're talking about is Dak Prescott a whole lot better or worse than guys that got paid like mm, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Derek Jimmy, Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you can make okay. that that you can make that you can make the case that a bunch of other quarterbacks that are at the same level or maybe even worse than that, they got blockbuster contracts when it was their time to get paid. And Dak plays for one of the most popular teams in all the of most, sports. The most and one other element to add to Cody's point, which is that is that saying he could have taken the contract is true, but at the same time he couldn't enter free agency. That's the thing is they almost need to make it like this is that and I don't know I'm not I haven't studied the rules I'm spitballing off the top of my head but the problem is is this is Dak doesn't feel like he could get what he could get. Like, yes, what Dallas has given him is going to be significant and he could sign it and he could not take the risk. But he also doesn't have the option of just entering free agency because of the, because of the cap. I almost wonder if they should do something like this is that you get the salary. It's like a restricted free agent. The salary cap is this is like, if a team wants to come in and give you a multi-year deal above the salary cap, the Dallas Cowboys have to match it or not. Or they could give them the franchise tag if nobody wants to do it. That's the problem, I think, for these guys is that they don't really get the yeah. free market opportunity. Yeah. And there's all of these things that are elongating it before they truly hit the capitalistic world. And by that yeah. point, they've missed the boat. So they I do. That's the kind of the caveat, though, is that the franchise tag keeps it's them a year away, right? Yeah, right. it lets you. Yeah. It, it stops you from getting paid your actual worth. Yeah, and by the I way, mean, that's why players hate playing under it too, because <laughs> of this scenario. Yeah, you get paid a lot, but if you get hurt bad this year. That uh, tremendously decreases your chance of getting paid again somewhere else. The so- only good thing about the franchise tag is that they, when you give it, that they have to average it with some top ass players. Like right. the only beneficial well, it's, it's, thing you could say about the salary cap from a player standpoint, it's not even from a player. It's like, it's kind of like if it's like if you got. If something bad happened to you, like it could have been worse. Like the only thing that keeps it from being worse is that it's actually average with the top players. Imagine if it wasn't as friendly and say they averaged it with like the top 10 players of the position. Right. You know, instead of the top three or four or whatever the rules are. So interesting discussion. Let's keep pushing through with these goals. though. C3, what's good? This is Blake B. What's up, Blake B.? Did you know a panther is actually a jaguar or a leopard? I did learn this, and it's actually disappointing. Uh, Let me throw out a hypothetical here. (laughs) Disappointing. Let's look at 2017, 2018, 2019 Panthers offensive line. I don't know if this has been discussed on the list in every week. 
let's put you behind that offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my aunt was my uncle, nuts. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, <laughs> but let's look at it. We'd be talking about Teddy a whole new way if we were seeing him under a diff- different offensive line. True. I mean. Good point. I think Teddy is a tier above Kyle Allen. Let's not make a I agree with that. There. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think he is too. But, but he's going to produce If we're seeing that Teddy's a, a read, read and a half quarterback looking for just the, for Robbie behind this offensive line where he has no time. I mean, I'm pulling for the guy, and it's great we have an offensive line, and it's making our, our offense look good, but I do think most of the work is coming from the yak, the yards after the catch. Right. But now now for my fantasy. I know it's gone and I'm moving on, but this is, this is my fantasy. Cam Newton behind this offensive line. We've seen what he can do with a good offensive line at the Patriots in the yes. first couple of weeks. And they're not even out the best. In, out in Foxborough. And Matt ruled it. Man, can you imagine what he could feast on with a good offensive line? Good call here. And we had him. Right. Okay. So, Keep pounding. I like this call a lot because one is that if we're going to say this, and not we're going to say, but even Matt Rule, the head coach, says he was asked, what do you think is the thing? He asked, Matt, Matt, Matt Rule is so good in the press conferences. And he said, they asked him on uh, the Monday press conference yesterday, was what is, if you could say one thing that's happened that's kind of been part of this turnaround, what it would it be? And he said, it's not one thing. He said it's not one play. He, and then he gives this great, some people call it coach speak, but it's actually just true speak. He's like, it's the, you know, when a special teams guy makes a good block or we get a punt inside the eight or we have good protection on a field goal. It's all these, it's like, and he's just like, it's the team, it's the team, it's the team. And so Teddy's success is also built upon the team. If you want to imply apply that, kind of perspective which i think we should the panthers offensive line may not be great at this point but it is more competent than we've seen in a long time and that has to be part of the success of this team i don't even have to say teddy bridgewater but the team itself look two weeks in a row the panthers offensive line is not allowed a sack i saw joe person say that's the first time that happened since 2011 in Cam's rookie year. And if anything, is that I do think we should remember this, is that one of the reasons that a lot of organizations and people over the last decade, Cam being one of the poster childs of this, have valued and coveted a mobile quarterback is because when you have an immobile quarterback, even if he's fantastic, his success is often predicated on the strength of the offensive line, and I think that applies to Teddy a little bit, and kudos to this Panthers offensive line. Yeah, really kudos to this Panthers offensive line. And listen, man, like, uh, I mean, you have to understand, I'm walking the fine line on the podcast here because, you know, you the minute you start They hate you. You were about- a man of the people, and now you're the most hated. Yeah, I mean, the minute you start talking about anyone other than Teddy Bridgewater being the Panthers quarterback, oh, you're a shit fan, fair weather, blah, blah, all this stuff, man. But it's um, it's a really – that's why this season even still for me 
being honestly, it's just a real tough pill to swallow because it's like, of course it happens. Of course it happens after Cam Newton leaves. Our offensive line starts to ball out. Robbie Anderson's here. We have the wonder can offensive coordinator that we always wanted for Cam. We have the entire setup that we always wanted Cam Newton to thrive in. And then they ditch him for Teddy Bridgewater. Or we're man. close like, to it. We're not even there yet. We still need more. But we're close yeah. to what it what we what we envisioned. And Panther fans have to understand. Listen, if us Cam Newton supporters have to do a better job of being Panther fans during this new era of Panthers football, then you Panther fans also have to be accommodating towards us that are still getting used to this, man. Because I'm telling you, uh, like I love professional football right now because of Cam Newton. So for someone like me to just go from having him for almost a decade to not, like, it really hurts, man. It's a legitimate hurt, and it sucks. So it's like while while people are still getting rid of this or, or, or getting used to this Teddy Bridgewater era, you know, hey, take it us on, on us that are still coming around to this to this new stuff, man. Sean Presley. Sean Presley in the chat room says, Cam is gone. Let it go. Hate to see y'all after a breakup. Laughing my I will say this, Sean, is I have to take medicine for this. Like I did not believe this. Is I t- I went to the doctor and I'll open up a little person. I don't take much. It's like a little half pill of Zoloft. They don't do shit. So I go to the doctor years ago, and I'm like, man, I can't sleep. I'm fucking got anxiety issues. Yo. Like I, I'm just wound tight. I'm Italian. My mom's wound tight. Like we're just stressed out all the time. Worry, worry. Got to do more, more, more. So he goes, all right. He said, let me ask you some questions. And he said, have you ever left your house and turned around when you're down the road uh, thinking you left the coffee pot on? I was like, hell yeah, I do that like three times a week, homie. <laughs> like, he goes, oh, you got obsessive compulsive. <laughs> or, and I was like, what do you mean I'm obsessive compulsive? Like, have you seen my desk at work? And no. <laughs> he said, you're not compulsive. You just got the obsessive part. So, yeah, we're obsessing a little over Cam, right? Well, and the other thing no, is this, not. is that That's Cam, everybody obsessed. says Cam wasn't an accurate quarterback. And we see this. Is we, I always said this with Cam, with time is good. You know, like, so, I mean, like, look, because I'm happy about this offensive line. I'm happy about the way Teddy Bridgewater is playing to, for a certain degree. I do see real limitations. We cannot push the ball downfield. You go find the plays. Everybody's like, oh, he throws deep. But no, he don't throw deep. He can't throw deep. He doesn't. He can't. Like, he, he can't. I mean, he's good for, like, one or two a game. At the very They're not end, really like, deep. If you tell me that Robbie Anderson yeah. one-handed catch is that the exact that's your example of a deep ball? Nope. Yeah, it's you're right. It's not. It's not. Yeah, that's that barely not a deep that, ball. Yeah, that's not something that Teddy uh, that that Teddy possesses. And, How about and, and this? Again, is that uh, Teddy? There was two plays, and y'all are gonna hate me. All the people that are like Teddy BD. How about this? Y'all said I was gay for Cam. Y'all gay for Teddy BD, but <laughs> um, there's a couple of plays. Do you remember that one play where he had like not the guy on the 
the color commentary said he had all afternoon and he threw the ball and got it bat it batted down like the ball literally went three feet he had like 10 seconds and the best we got was a three-foot pass <laughs> yeah i know, did, I even, I know. Did, you, did you even see that i put that on twitter like taylor bridgewater has all the time in the world to throw the ball like they're giving him all the time and there's still no deep passes like yeah. it's it's it just and, makes and you was, wonder how about this is y'all prove me wrong but teddy's got to prove me wrong i won't say prove yes. me wrong is he don't got to prove me wrong is this is that if you can't throw the ball deep we better win with some underneath shit well and right now long. right now it's okay because we're winning but once we get back to, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if we start losing again and it's the same thing, we're going to be like, hey, we told you that this was a problem. So, you know, and by the Joey way, the I, blind I, panther says this. How could I be gay for Teddy BD if I've never seen it? <laughs> oh, well, maybe maybe in your imagination, you could feel it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine how great it was. <laughs> It must feel. But by the way, I do how want to disagree with something. Yeah, how heavy. <laughs> but but uh, Tony, I disagree with what even you said. I feel like now we don't even mention Cam Newton unless he's brought up. Like we 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 just answered a cat call that was about Cam Newton and what he would do in this offense. Like we didn't even bring it up. So right. anyone, we anyone, are moving on. We're moving yeah. on. We've moved yeah. on. I can't move on any move on more. I can't pull over anymore. Let, if you won't let us move on, how are we supposed to move on? Right. Oh, good point. We're wrong, though. We're wrong. Yeah. All right. Oh, next, well, call, uh, next call. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston, South Carolina. I just want to talk about the uh, last game with the Falcons. I mean, I feel like we escaped that game. Ooh. I felt like we got lucky because okay. if Julio Jones was in that game, Matt Ryan ain't throwing that interception in the end zone. That's... He's just going to throw it up to Julio. He's going to jump up. And he's going to get it over our low ass. Wrong court. on one point. Julio don't catch so touchdowns. Not, you know, excited about that. All he does Falcons actually is win. touchdowns. But, you know. Actually, no, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Three and two. Tied for first. Who knows what could happen. I'll, I'll explain Look, something on this. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg. We have Greg CK. Okay. I mean, we lost. We had a lot of people missing as well. Christian McCaffrey. You have. We lost Brian Burns. We lost Dante Jackson. Not that he would have been, you know, covering Julio, but and if you look at Julio, that's all year. He's been mediocre at best. Like he has not been a quality wide receiver in the NFL anymore. And I'm not saying he can't be. And I know he's been playing a little hobbled. But he is getting to an age now where you have to start kind of like looking, is is this a long-term – is he going to be here much longer anyway, which is why um, – has, has is it official Quinn's being fired? Like I know that they had talked about it. It was all but done. Yeah, him and Dimitrov. Are oh, well. Um, but so so nonetheless, now that this organization is clearly going to be in rebuild mode, especially this offseason, uh, you know, I, I think you have an opportunity where you're going to see Julio Jones possibly being uh, traded. Before the deadline, I I think so too, man, and that's why I asked the guests last week about uh, Julio being yep. on the trading block if they go zero and five, zero and six. Uh, can I can I comment on this caller real quick? I want to share something. Uh, let's see if I can do this. I want to share a video, and if you well, if you think that 
the last game was from one thing. Uh, well, I can't do this. Anyway, go back and look at the hook and ladder play from uh, the Chargers oh, that we the beat them Char- in 21-16. Yeah. Had that hook and ladder not been fumbled, we'd lose that game. Sure, that game sure. with that, that game was because that guy's twenty yards wide open. There is absolutely no way he gets tackled. That was actually that game. a game we probably had a better chance of. Like that, Keenan Trey Boston made a great play on Keenan Allen. By the way, Keenan Allen did that same thing versus the Saints yeah. in the, uh, last night that pushed it, I think, to overtime. Or um, all right, I, uh, my points on this is I don't like to like Cody said if some if she would be my uncle. Right, is that ultimately right? Ultimately, we can only play the people on our schedule, and we play them on the Sunday, and it's that Sunday, our best fifty-three versus your best fifty-three. So, is that I don't like to? I mean, yes. Is that if you lose Aaron Rodgers and you play a team and you got backup or something like that's a big deal. Losing Julio is a big deal, but us losing Christian McCaffrey is ultimately. We hadn't beat Atlanta since 2017. Hadn't beat them in Atlanta since 2014. They were all playing for their jobs, including Matt Ryan. So Julio is a notorious Panther predator, right? I mean, he has been the bane of our existence to the degree of Mike Vick was when he was an Atlanta Falcon. But really, is this, is that, and that's why I don't want to over, that's why I'm not going to even go like, hey, the strength of schedule, and you. some people will say, look, if you look at the teams that we've won, the Chargers are one in what, four, the Cardinals are three and two themselves, maybe, then, you know, is that like we're playing teams that aren't good? You know what? No, they're all, like, we can only play the teams we play. And we got to play them, right. and we got to win those right. games. And the whole idea about strength of schedule, easiest schedule, we've seen from the way the NFL landscape is, that is somewhat of the case, but the teams from last year are not the teams that were this year. So, look, is the Panthers have to worry about themselves. This is where I asked them to channel their Ron Rivera mentality. Is like you don't play up or down to your competition. You play to the best of your ability. And the Panthers are really have been um, better than expected and playing better from week to week. That's yeah. my opinion on that. 252-228-5098. Look at that shit, boys. I, I'm freaking rambling on, man. Just just like my uh This my is Supreme homie. Leader. Damn, my yeah, second part two homie. of his call. Two calls every uh, podcast. But um yeah, it's just I'm I I did not see a fit in that three and two. At this point in the season, I don't know if anybody else saw that either. I'm pretty sure nobody saw that because they had us, you know, at the bottom of the pack. So, you know, here, do this again. Close your eyes. All right, close your eyes. Take a big poop on the ground. All right? Now open your eyes. Go find those people who said we was going to be at the bottom of the pack this year. Take their face and smear it all around in that poop. Okay? Uh All right. Okay. Careful, yeah. that's my I'm face. Proud, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question for you. Uh, do you think touching this, uh, you, feeling poo? This early oh. in the season. Um, me personally, I think we just have them wing it out, kind of like a Ron Rivera thing, and you know, towards the end of the season, um, 
I don't want to see any but any man lose his job, but you know, Dan Quinn did, and uh, I think they could have waited, just let him play it out, man. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I don't know. Tell me your thoughts about that. I tell you, Panther Price till I die. Um, Mike Davis delivered the pink slip, bro. I tell you that I tell you what the worst thing would be about them keeping Quinn for the remainder of the year is exactly what happened last year. He goes on a yeah. run and now they can't fire him because oh well they're on a seven game win streak. Maybe he's finally got it together. And then again, the next year it happens again. And so now, you know, I think right now, and it's similar to the Panthers firing Ron Rivera after what week nine or ten or something, whatever it was. Um that was the, was it later than it was later than that. Was it? I, think I, it I remember was, it was after yeah, the Redskins yeah, well, game. I just didn't remember. Yeah. Um, is is give them an opportunity to kind of get ahead. number one, they're ducks in a row. Get get ahead. Get uh, you know, be able to actually look. I mean, because if you have Dan Quinn, I mean, yeah, you can have him in there, but you know, it, I don't know. I feel like your focus t- is taken more off of who could be replacing him as opposed to you know now all of a sudden you have to answer questions. Why is Dan Quinn not fired? Why is this not happening? Um, or even once more than that is who's going to want to come to your organization and look, right? Or maybe you have somebody that's going to come in in the interim and actually succeed for the remainder of this year. Um, And maybe now you have a head coach, you don't even have to go and and rebuild. You can just kind of just put in the key pieces. Can I put this out there that I think brings it back to the Panthers in a relevant way? And I even mentioned this before the start of the season. I posed the question to you guys. If we had a good season this year, would people already be calling for Joe Brady to be a head coach somewhere? I'm already seeing people like, oh, Joe Brady to Houston, to Atlanta, to, no, to this, no, to that. He is too green for that. That's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, like me and Homeboy are the same age. And also, if you look, he's always in the booth. He doesn't ever coach from the field. Like, I just think that before you start naming somebody a head coach, like, that, I would want to see him, like, put do some – have a few seasons of success yeah. here in Carolina and ideally with more than one quarterback also. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, yeah. it'd be one thing, too, if a college came up to him, like – you know, uh, um, head coach, yeah, yeah, yeah but Pitts, I mean, would you want to like do that? Some, yeah, exactly. You think, you no, I mean, I do don't that? know if you want to do that. In some ways, you might make more money depending on the school. I don't know. Well, that's a good question. Right. What do you want to do I, and how I do you want to like, work your way up? But I know that Matt Rule and them, they're kind of like, he's not going to fire Joe Brady anytime soon. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. So, when like, you leaving is a risk to go to a place like, First, going to college is a risk on that front is that three years in and you're not recruiting right. There's all these other forces and you're jobless, right? And then on the other hand, going to another team, I, and there's no way. I would be very concerned if all, if I was a football, like a Houston fan, and that's the guy we hired despite his upside. Yeah. yeah, because being a head coach is a managerial thing, and to be honest, Adam Gase is a great—I won't even say a great example of this. Adam Gase is a fucking fraud on all of those things, and but he actually to, had head coaching experience. And Oops. it's one thing to be able to cook up plays, but it's another thing to be able to be a leader in a locker room, yeah, and be yeah. able to manage 
uh, a, a football team. And we have no idea. But judge on everything I've seen from Brady, and again, you don't have to be a rah-rah, loud, shish-boom-bye guy to be a coach, but he does seem very soft-spoken. He's kind of like a book nerd. Which, hey, more Wait, power to him. He's the smartest hell book Isn't, nerd isn't the, our coach very soft-spoken? No. I would, no? Would say preacher so? is. No, nah, he's like so, a preacher. That's no, not soft-spoken. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him get aggressive. Matt, Matt Rule yeah. has a lot to say. Okay. Well, look, Ed, there was one, one comment in the chat I wanted to bring up that I thought was hilarious, and it's very true. It's from Ron DMC Lovato. He says, who else is praying the Falcons hire Jeff Fisher or Adam Gase next year? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's a good uh, I want to keep powering yeah, through great. with the calls, but yeah. a question to you guys, real quick: What's the job? What's the top job right now? It's Houston, Atlanta. Go ahead and throw in the Jets there. Yeah, and uh, the Giants. Nah, the yeah, they're gonna they stick with Joe. They're, they're gonna stick um, with Joe Judge. How do we know that? More how than one they, year. How long do? We don't know that. Maybe. I mean, well, they gave they would, gave Ben would, McAdoo or whatever his name was a right, couple of yeah. years, a few years. Yeah. Would you really want Carolina to, to to turn away from uh rule after one year? I mean, they're not going to do that when hiring a big coach from college after one year. Turn away from him. I don't yeah, try to think of where else. There's going to be some other. There's got to be some others. Oh, Detroit. What's the top position? Hey, by the What's way. The, I'll, I'll to, actually show you. The, I'll bring up the draft order thing. Hang so on. a lot of people are like, you want to say, why would he spend one, like Joe Brady spend one season here? Um, and, and I think it's going to be more about whether somebody's going to be willing to hire him than anything. But you got to remember, he spent one year in the Saints. Then he got a, an upgrade to the LSU Tigers. And then he spent one year with the Tigers. And he got an upgrade to the offensive coordinator in the NFL. And So next so, year I mean, he'll be the coach of the Patriots. Well, That's, the different I mean, <laughs> the the difference there is when you get an upgrade from the Saints to the LSU Tigers, you're probably not having to worry about moving to a different state. Yeah, but I mean, at the you same know, time, the, the, I mean, like, you're you're moving still. Difference, maybe, maybe. Yeah, why can't you be in the same city? versus New Orleans? But if you're being paid like a football coach, you're yeah. rich as shit and can exactly. afford that. You can have your own little slice of wherever the hell you want to be exactly. and plop it right down wherever they hired you. And nobody's going to make Joe Brady a head coach next year. Better, if anybody you know? makes Joe Brady a head coach next year, that is going to be the most serious Eric, endorsement. Eric Bieniemy better make head coach for Joe Brady. Oh, I actually think the other – I think Greg Roman deserves to be a head coach too. Greg Roman does too. I, I'll give uh, both those guys. But Eric Bieniemy hey, and Greg uh, Roman need to be head coaches, period, and, point blank. And uh, I think Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Ooh, yeah, uh, I, I one other that. thing is this. has got to go to the next call. But um, remember we were talking about coach of the year? Uh, in yeah. the post yeah. game, in the post yeah, game, yeah, we're yeah. talking about it was Matt Rule in one hand, uh, McDermott in the other, Stefanski making a bid for it right now, right? Four in a row. Yeah, Browns are uh, what three or three or one, four and one. Four and one. They, 
have they have they won very well? I mean, I know it's winning is. It winning. doesn't matter, man. We, They're the Browns. They have not won four and one. They haven't won. They haven't been four and one since nineteen eighty, like two or something. Like yeah. that. They're one of the. They're one of the toughest power running football teams that yeah. that there is. Right? And oh, Chubb's hurt. Like Kareem Hunt, Chubb. But Chubb's Chubb hurt. Yeah. He's not as. But anyway, Kareem interesting Hunt is point. a real deal but, running. Hey, yeah, how terrible yeah. is your option when your backup is Kareem Hunt? And Kareem yeah. elbowed that girl. I still would say this is I am not um, in favor a of domestic violence. First, I do right. think we use the term a little loosely. Yeah. Is that they called yeah. it domestic violence, and Kareem Hunt didn't even know that girl, so it's like not. It's just actual uh, violence at that point. Like right. I think okay, that I'll say it. it's you know still violence. I was gonna say, make sure you it's violence. Gonna that. It's yeah. just not domestic. Yeah. Like it's not your girlfriend. Yeah. It's not your wife, and this and that. And ultimately, I think this is that. Like I do think there's kind of levels of stuff, and I'm not trying to defend and this and that, but. Like, if you saw that thing, it's like a drunken thing. It's like the girl fell down. Like, you know, it wasn't well, even that. I mean, I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't like Ray Rice jacking it, at his own fiance. Well, and that screwed Kareem I mean, Hunt. Actually, I think apparently he stepped she was on like, her. Apparently, she <laughs> was calling him the N-word. Yeah, she was all, all like, right busting either. on yeah. his ass. Look, oh, my wife shit. has gotten yeah. all up on me and hit, like, and I mean, like, it's not like I'm charging my wife. But I'm not, well, like, I literally not cannot do anything. You have to sit there. Yeah, it's because you're not just, Kareem Hunt. That's the thing. If you're Kareem well, no, Hunt, even I can't yeah. even do it if I was Kareem Hunt or me. But my point is, is like, Kareem Hunt did. He was kind of like a sacrificial lamb in the moment. A little bit. But the fact is, and then he was smoking weed and all that. Anyway. Well, and and they lied. He lied about, about it apparently not ever happening. They asked him about it. It was like, oh, nothing uh, happened. Uh, I promise. And then the video came out. Later, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but that's what you happened. do. I mean, we've all been. <laughs> not yeah, that, but yeah, like, that's you always lie to your kid. <laughs> That's my advice. All right. It's fine. Look at that shit. <laughs> I love it. Freaking rambling on, man. Uh, here, next call. Always lie until you can't. And keep lying, man. So. Wait, who's that? I'm not who this is. This is Nick. We're comparing Kyle Allen. Nick from Mass. Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Now, before I even say anything, all right, we never should have let Cam go. If Cam was here right now, we would be either undefeated or damn close to being undefeated. Okay, and you know, I'd like to see how that would have turned out. I thought I feel like it would have turned out pretty good. But going back to the task at hand, in no way is Kyle Allen a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. No way, no okay. way whatsoever. Okay, yes, Teddy Bridgewater had that injury with a non-contact play. I get that. Okay, but now. We've seen Kyle Allen start. You got to deal with this, or, and he's I'm right. Sorry, three so times. I got to use it. I'll deal with it. Okay, twice for us, once for the Washington football team because they couldn't come up with a damn name. Okay, <laughs> the very first game he played for us, he was injured. He got injured. Me and Josh were at that game. Okay, now granted, if I remember correctly, I thought he played better than Taylor Heineke in that game. I'm not entirely sure. I, I honestly forget. It's been a year and a half. 
Okay. But then the very first day he goes out for Washington and he gets injured again. The dude <laughs> is basically the definition of injury prone. On top of that, I'm pretty sure we gave him the nickname last year, Sir Fumbles a lot. Or if we didn't, we probably <laughs> should have. Because I feel fumble. like it was at he least once a week. Yeah. He fumbled the football when he was back. Look, yes, the last two games, Teddy Bridgewater did not get a single sack. So, yeah, it kind of makes it harder for that argument. Okay? The O-line definitely seems like it's better than it was any of the last nine years, I think the stats have said. Mm-hmm. Which plays but into that. in no yeah. way, shape, or form is Kyla Allen better than Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Agreed. and I'm not a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan by any means. But I feel like he shows a lot more promise than Kyle Allen ever will. I and I hope Kyle Allen comes back and he's the quarterback whenever we play them because I want Brian Burns to get three sacks in a game. It would make my goddamn day. Keep pounding, guys. Okay, let me let me take this one first, okay? Because I want to put out there, point out there first that I don't believe that Kyle Allen is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. But we're also talking about the difference. You said it like four times. Hold on, uh... well, well, hold on, hold on though. The difference in drop off between the quarterbacks, okay? By the end of thirteen games, we're going to keep track of this, okay? Thirteen games, Kyle Allen was five and seven, had. 3,588 yards, 19 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. I'm not going to have this conversation till after 13 games. And in 13 games, if Teddy Bridgewater has more than five wins, has more than 19 touchdowns and less than 16 interceptions and more passing yards than, than Kyle Allen did with a better offensive line and better wide receiving core, then I will talk about how Okay, I was wrong about that, but I am willing to bet you that week 13, we're going to be looking at about six wins, which is one win more, very close to the same amount of yards on this route, probably less touchdowns on this route, probably close to the same amount of interceptions. Like that's going to be very close. It's going to be almost the exact same. So while I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback, I don't think the results are going to be different. I don't think he is that much better of a quarterback that makes this team, puts this team to the next level or puts them over the edge. We're going to have a better quarterback that has very, very close to the same statistical stats. If you want to admit it or not, stats don't lie. Yard, passing yards, touchdowns, wins, losses, everything else. But people are going to look at Teddy Bridgewater as the answer because he's the new deal and they didn't like Kyle Allen. I get that. Let's let Teddy Bridgewater lose four or five games in a row. And we'll see what happens then. Now, if that happens, if it doesn't happen, excuse me, I'll eat that. I have no problem eating that. That's awesome. I'll eat that, and I'll be proud. You know why? Because the Panthers are doing well. But I just don't see Teddy Bridgewater, based on what he's doing now and what Kyle Allen did last year, as being that much better of a quarterback than Kyle Allen was. It's going to be very, very close. I got to disagree with that, but I understand. Well, we'll, we'll I, th- I do the, think there's yeah. a point there is this is there's a difference between just straight heads to head. I think that's the way I'm looking at it. And you're saying this is in like the kind of context of kind of like a running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the. 
difference between Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Ultimately. But I will say this is that if you want to have your perspective ruined, just go look up that sack he took from Washington last year where he went back like (laughs) 70 Uh, yards. Like that'll tell you that homeboy is not doing well. Right. And And, like I said, I don't want to compare his stats this year. I want to compare him with Panthers. No, I, I just, uh, Joey said he's going to bed soon and wants to hear his call. So uh, five, two, I think we two. can make that happen. Yeah, we got to gotta five, keep five, going, two, man. Two. We got to go. Hold on. All right, look, he's way down the list, too. For you, Joey. Hey this is your call. Joey. Uh, so uh, you want to you talk about what we did to the Falcons. Akon wrote a song about that. It featured Eminem. It was called Smack That. Until they got real sore. So sore Dan Quinn lost his job. And now guess what happens this week? Rodney and or not Rodney, I don't know why I keep why I say that. I need a freaking uh beer. But Robbie Anderson gets to see the difference between a bear it. and a panther. Since, you know, he didn't know oh, but Joey ah, doesn't. He sounds quite typical for Charlotte with all these freaking oh. transplants. Anyway, uh, most of them know the difference between a bear and a damn panther. The but that's beside the point because he's an amazing receiver. <laughs> but if he was just a salad boy, yeah, I had to throw him on the wall, like across the wall on the Mint Street for not knowing the difference between a bear and a panther if he was Devin Funches. Anyway, <laughs> guys. You know what the Bears like to do? They like to keep it. They literally like to keep teams from scoring 20 points. They don't have offense. I don't think they know that that exists. They are the Panthers of 2013. But they'd rather keep you from scoring 20 points than score 20 themselves. So Joe Brady's going to have to score 20 points and make them have to do something that I really don't think they could do. I work with a Bears fan, so I know this. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow. I love his little, <laughs> like, his just deep growl there before. Right, before. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the guttural. <laughs> All right, let's keep. Uh, good call, Joey. I like that. Is, uh, 100%. What's that bear doing? Uh, getting beat by a panther, hopefully. Two, five, two, two. Have? We have, like, five more. I'm trying. Guys, I'm trying. Uh, couldn't make the post game show, but uh, I just want to say that we are three and two on the official win streak now. And I know that's uh, a bad uh, Falcons team that we beat, but that has not mattered in the past. The Atlanta Falcons have had our number for a while now. Yeah. And uh, we went in and took care of business. And I know the second half one was, you know, pretty and, and, and flashy at the first half, man. But we got it done. Mike Davis is a damn – that man's a damn machine. Um, defense looked good. Shut down Matt Ryan for the most part. I don't think he – I don't think he threw a touchdown. Um, our run defense, though, still needs to be worked on. But – I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season had us winning three games in a row or three games at all. Um, I did. If you 
did. <laughs> Greg did. I didn't see it. He um, had $10 on it. The future is bright in the Carolinas. That's what I can say. The future is bright. I agree. Uh, I talk all the mess you want about Teddy, but Teddy's playing good. Uh, DJ Moore, I didn't even know he could run that fast, and I swear it didn't look like he was even trying on that. Uh, he that wasn't, man. Run. He hasn't been trying yet really this season. He needs to be challenged. And then out of nowhere, there was the end zone. Uh, you guys know that he was the fastest runner Jeremy in the NFL. Is really? In the clock speed or whatever? Yep. Uh, Matt Rule. And he didn't look like right he was now, trying. He's the early candidate for head coach of the year. And for anybody saying that, you know, like you can't deny that the coaching staff is doing a good job. But if you're trying to yeah. play it down as well, it's still early or blah, blah, blah. Just try to imagine what this team – what you think this team will be doing right now if we still have Ron Rivera? And not shit on Ron Rivera because I, I think he was a good coach at this uh, chain of scenery with me. But if we had Ron Rivera as a coach right now, just imagine what this season would look like with all these rookies. You'd have old-ass people in and all this other bullshit. But, yeah, man, this team looks good, man. They got a lot of fight. They're coming together. Uh, and it, it's fun to watch. Anyways, guys, I'll catch you on the show. Keep out. Yeah, man, thanks for the call. I think he's got a part two, but tell us, Cody, about that, what you mentioned in the call. CK, I mean, Cody. Your name is Cody, but you were saying he was the fastest runner in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, he was the fastest this past week. He was no other. Now, I don't know if that accounts for tonight's game. Right, right. But as of, uh, as of this morning, he was the fastest ball carrier in the NFL this past week, like twenty-two oh, yeah. miles an hour, probably or something. I, don't, I didn't. Well, I didn't. I just got the notification. I didn't go and pull up the video. <laughs> all right, right, right. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys, I think it's Kyle part again. two. I just wanted to add real quick to about the coaching staff. A real test to me to see how uh, creative and, and confident this coaching staff is. And I mean, to me, they show nothing but. Uh, amazing things, but when McCaffrey comes back, if they go back just to using McCaffrey, that's that's a negative. Like now, if they come out and they want to put Mike Davis in the backfield and put uh, CMC in the slot, that's a good thing. I think that. Could I work. think that's a great thing. Uh, great. Curtis Samuel still using him as a, a as an all around tool that can do damn near anything on offense. Hell, let him throw the ball. I don't know shit, but uh, yeah, that's going to be a test for me. Is when McCaffrey comes back, are they still going to work Mike Davis in there? Because I, Mike the problem Davis is, it's just hard. In love with the way he runs the ball. I don't think he should be the starter, but I don't also don't think we should be using one running back. We now know we have a running back that can get the tough yards. Maybe at the one, which we've had struggles with before. Put Mike Davis big ass in there and let him knock a couple heads around and bust through there. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, keep coming. I think the one thing it does is that, and I, I think it's difficult, though, is that we want all these mouths to be fed, right? But there can only really be one running back on the field unless you are running a two-back set, and then you're putting Mike Davis out there maybe as a fullback. And I don't know the intricacies. Like, do you got to take you take a tight end off? Then, 
Are you at two receivers? All of these different things. Like you add one player here, you got to take another one away there. So it's difficult at sometimes to find the proper rotation. Like kind of like in basketball, like how do you find the sweet spot of a rotation? I do mm-hmm. think the one good thing about, or not the one good thing, but a good thing about Mike Davis's success now is that when Christian McCaffrey, it's kind of like this, is that if we put Reggie Bonifant in there and gave Christian McCaffrey a breather, it's like a 98% chance you're not going to run the ball. But right. Mike Davis's success, Mike Davis's success makes him a legitimate running threat. So just because McCaffrey's not in the backfield and Mike Davis is, does not mean that you're not running the ball. Right. right? I mean, so that I think that's the good thing. It's just how do you find that rotation? It's been hard for us to figure that out. And I think he kind of hit the nail on the head is that you're going to have to see uh, Christian McCaffrey being used in some different ways. Mike Davis in the backfield. You got to wonder what that does to our man, Curtis Samuel, who's been getting more opportunity. Let's keep going yeah. with the calls. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? My hey, podcast brothers. How y'all doing? What's up, G? What's up, G? Hey, man. Hey, this Sunday, we got them damn bears, man. My main issue, if we can contain Khalil Mack, if we can contain him from coming over the edge or come through the middle, I think we can get this game. I really do. Their I defense, agree. That's the guy you got to stop. I give him that. And the quarterback that they have is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, and he was like a journeyman. He was on this team, that team, or whatever. He's a pretty decent um, quarterback. I really don't know that much about their offensive line, you know what I'm saying? But I think that Derek Brown and KK and Burns and YGM and Weatherly – Anybody else can get through that line. Hopefully, that's if Brian Burns is clear from that concussion because I heard he had a concussion or whatever. You know, and if KK, I know he got hurt too. So if them boys come back, I think our 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 front four is gonna put some pressure on the Bears. And before I go, man, I keep hearing. I was looking on social media. I keep hearing about this. You know, Brady could be uh could be the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and everything like that. And people talking about. What is Mike Davis's uh, trade value? They're not going no damn where, nowhere at all. If you guys think I'm bullshitting, look that shit up online. But <laughs> neither one of them dudes is going anywhere, man, because they're always trying to dismantle the damn Panthers, man. But I see us winning this game, man. I really do. 24-7 Panthers. All right? All right, man. Always remember, y'all, keep passing. Keep pounding, man. Uh, you know, Cody, you brought this up. Is that 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 is the Moten matchup, or like the Moten money maker is? Yeah. Khalil Mack, unless Khalil Mack's going to go against the Kung. Why are you so positive that he's going to go against Moten? I guess not. Well, positive, I mean, but... apparently they're going to put him on both sides, but the reason why is because uh, I saw Taylor Moten do. Um, really good against Joey Bosa this year. And Joey Bosa had a, uh, a really good night last night against Ryan Ramchick for uh, for the Saints. So They actually uh, moved I mean, right, Joey Bosa to the other side after Moten had given him problems. But, yeah, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, is that yeah. they were like, all right, now, well, now we got this, because I think Little was in, you know, the left tackle, and you saw them move Bosa to the other side specifically because he wasn't Taylor, getting home on that side. Taylor Moten's a juggernaut, man. I, I can I can make the argument that he is 
uh, more important. Um, I mean, I'm going to get flack for saying this, but he's probably, no, he is more important, I think, than both of the guys that we signed this offseason. Just because you do I just so worry, much. I just worry right. about this. Is that Moten's a big guy, and he like you just worry about when like is he fast enough on that kind of kick step back? You know what I'm saying? Like he's has a he lumber. been has he has he been a problem thus far? You think? No, no, I know. I was like, I've been. I think he's been our best alignment for a while, and going back to his rookie year in so many ways. So no, he hasn't been. The question is. At what point does that catch up with you in the league? Does it catch up? Maybe it, maybe it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's technique, and at that point you can – I just know this. When I look at him, he is a little more big lumbering than a left tackle looking guy. Right. And he's not a left tackle. He's a right tackle. So, But the but is, is the difference that big in the league as much anymore as it used to be? Like no. you said, they're moving these defensive ends from side to side. It's not like they're only going to, you know. So I do, I think he's been great. I just, I think he's been very good. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not a technician. I don't know. I mean, that's right. just one thing is he looks like a bigger bodied guy, but that doesn't mean that you're, you can't be good with good mm -hmm. technique. All right, let's keep going. Hey, a couple more calls. Quick, Two more. Well, yep. Tony. Before you go to the next call, uh, I got to get out of here, man. It's 11 30. I have to be working in the morning. Uh, right, I appreciate y'all. Once again, at the bat at day 52, check me out. Uh, quick ice up pick. Anybody who does not either A, donate, or B, at least share the link that I have for the charity that I'm going to. Not asking you to donate, at least share it. Let somebody know. So I'll put it out there. Y'all have a good night, man. I'm getting out of here. All right. Thanks, Greg, man. Thanks, man. I mean, we're down to the short hairs here. Let me see. Is this G? Go on, C2 Two calls. Jay Anderson hitting y'all up. Thanks, man, for your call, bro. Um, looking at the rest of the um, thanks, Greg. The division, the rest of the team division. I'm looking at, you know, us, you know, re you know, restarting, you know, the whole team. You know, got a new coach. You know, wish they could fire the GM, but you know, <laughs> you got a new coach. You know, you know, um, new quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Even though he's here for two years, maybe three, we don't know. Depends on how he played. I mean, looking at the other teams, you got Atlanta playing on starting over. You know, Matt Ryan, he's getting old. Um, Drew Brees, he already, to be real, he already old. And he on this, I believe this is last year. Um, Tom Brady, I don't think he's going to be here for more than, more than, uh, two more, more than two years. So that leads to us to have like a, a head start. Do you believe the expectation is, you know, there should be expectation for this, you know, for Matt Rule to win, you know, say like the next four years to at least win three, you know, three, three or two or three conference, I mean, two or three division titles, you know, and actually, you know, compete, you know, for, a, you know, for a conference championship in the next two years. Do you think the expectation is too high right you know, too high right now or do you believe the expectation is real? Based on what you see the rest of the team in the division is you know, is going through. All right, man. I'll, I'll let you take that Cody. Did it cut him off? Nah, he's done.
But hang on, which code are you talking about? CK or you talking to yeah. me? Well, I call him I, CK. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. How about either one of you jerks take it? I don't care. <laughs> take it, Cody. Um, Listen, man, I mean, I kind of feel like I don't know what what's more to say about it. I don't really know what the – like, I feel like we're – we have the potential to be a nine and seven football team. And I think that's, that's a, that's a, I think, I think that's a generous. And I think that's probably the, what you're shooting for. And if that's enough to win and get into the playoffs, then, Hey, at least you get a chance. And I think that we have an opportunity to at least give ourselves the chance. He was talking about NFC championship. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I see this as a championship football team. I don't. <laughs> well, I think this is. I mean, like, and you shouldn't this year. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I would. I mean, like, if that happens, that's fantastic. But maybe they are. We'll see. But you do want to be in contention. The key is this: is to be in contention for your division every year. And the good news <laughs> is this: is we're in contention for our division in year one. So, like, in year three and four and five, we should be – I think our expectations are to be in contention for the division, to make the playoffs, and to have a team. So, I think the good news is is this, is that if it's three – like, whatever your magic number is, is that if it's three division, you know, whatever the real number that you need to feel great about to be a success, is that if we make – somehow are in contention in the week 14 – week 13 in this division it's a win like you're then playing with house money ahead because we we're ready to write this season off as just a rebuild but no like it's been more than that and that's good news um ck you got any thoughts on that i mean i think that pretty much covers what i was gonna say about it i mean at this point in time i think it's uh He's got a long time. We don't even have to worry about it, right? I mean, he's got an eight year contract. Like, at this point, is like the, you know, in some ways, the worst thing for Matt Rule is for us to be a little too good this year. Yeah. Because then, like, next year, we're like, nope, no days off, homie. You won seven games last year. I don't care what your squad looks like. You better be getting nine or 10. All right. uh, Last call of the night. Hey, what's up, C3 Podcast? It's Run DMC Lovato. Uh, I got kind of a conspiracy. What's up, Tyler? And I want to run it by you guys and see what you guys think about it. Uh, you, guys, you guys remember when it was the Raptors and the uh, Golden State Warriors in the NBA championship? And uh, before the series started, Greg Popovich of the Spurs went and ate dinner with Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr said there was nothing they talked about game plan-wise about Kawhi or nothing like that. It was all just, you know, they're just having dinner, which we all know is bullshit. I mean, he was obviously telling Steve Kerr how to beat Kawhi Leonard. But anyways, I feel like that same thing just happened tonight with the Buffalo Bills-Tennessee Titans game. Uh, Buffalo was 4-0 and leading the AFC East division. So I feel like Bill Belichick calls up his old – you know, player Mike Rabel, and he's like, yo, I'm going to tell you what to do to beat this team. We want to win this division, and also, you guys want to win your division. It's a win-win for both of us. So I think they literally smashed the bill. I wonder, I have a feeling that Bill and Mike Rabel might have, you know, talked about this stuff for this game and helped each other in their rankings. What do you guys think about that? 
I know it's crazy, but I don't think it's that far off, honestly, because they smoke the damn bills. But who knows? What do you guys think? Tony, you take that one. Help me out with this is because I was trying to take my ISA pick, but it was, he was talking about the Titans smoking the bills. Yeah. The, the Titans put the dirt stomp on the bills tonight. Um, I got to almost listen to it again. Hold on. Hold on. What is it? <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. It's not your fault. It's late. When Nate dinner with Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr said there was nothing they talked about game plan wise about Kawhi or nothing like that. It was all just, you know, they're just having dinner, which is, we all know is bullshit. I mean, he was obviously telling Steve Kerr how to beat Kawhi Leonard. But, anyways, I feel like that same thing just happened tonight with the Buffalo Bills Tennessee Titans game. Uh, Buffalo was 4 0 and leading the AFC East Division. So I feel like Bill Belichick calls up his old, you know, player, Mike Rabel, and he's like, yo, I'm going to tell you what to do to beat this team because we want to win this division. And also, you guys want to win your division. To win one for both of us. So I think they literally smashed the bill. I wonder, I have a feeling that Bill and Mike Brable might have, you know, talked about this stuff for this game and help each other. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right? I mean, I guess. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. I would say this is the old, the reason I would say no is I feel like Bill Belichick is still fucking infuriated by Mike Vrabel taking all of those delay a game, false starts on purpose last year. Remember, they had the rule changed after it. I almost feel like Bill Belichick might be a person that, like, once you fuck with him, you're, like, dead to him. And uh, on a another adjacent note i find all the I, I find bill belichick a very charismatic person who doesn't want to be charismatic right like it's like he's endearing because he's not but these subway commercials i feel like he is going against his own image like why is he making commercials man he's at the end bill belichick's at the end all right, that's my Definitely. my thoughts on it. No, All right, yeah. uh, so maybe, maybe, and you know what? I wouldn't put it past this: is Bill Belichick always wins? So if there's any person that can put away a personal grudge for eight seconds to get something out of it, it's gonna be Bill Belichick, and then grudge back on. Uh, I love Bill Belichick. He's actually one of my favorite people in the universe. <laughs> and it comes back to one instance is that he hates the media. And it's to a point where it's like a shtick. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there was this one press conference I saw. I've mentioned it several times on this podcast. And he goes up to the podium and all the reporters, you know how they run up there and put their little recording devices right in front <laughs> And so they put him on this desk, this table. It was at a podium. It was a table. They put him like right in front of him. And he takes all of them and he pushes them back to like half of them fall on the floor. Like he's like, they're too close to me. <laughs> it's like, it's just such a dick move and awesome at the same time. Uh, I love Bill Belichick for them. All right. He represents uh, hope for Cam Newton. So. That's the yeah. only reason why. Well, you know, he always spoke kindly of Cam. And I tell you this, going back just to that game, we don't want to talk about Cam. He's like the forbidden subject on this show. But um, 
You saw what happened when you want to know why he was gushing about Cam Newton in that time? It's because he saw what Brian Hoyer and fucking Stidham look like. And Brian Hoyer is like the trashiest trash of trash. Like that guy is terrible, man. He's better at growing hair than he is at football. True that. And he's bald. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I want to go ahead and put a plug out. I put up a little new, like a little video. Is Curtis Samuel Mr. Clutch on YouTube? I want y'all's feedback about if I should uh, continue to do stuff like this. I got a couple wow. ideas about, like, I mean, just weekly, you know. Is Jeremy Chin the defensive current defensive rookie of the year? Panthers salting away. I'd so like to if you guys like that little short content from the professor, please go ahead and let me know in the comments of the videos and some thumbs up. A little encouragement to kind of make it. If not, then I won't make them. But um, uh, it's time to ice some fools up at this point, and uh, I'll let you start, Cody, because you got a nice up pick. Yeah, so um, really my ice up pick uh, goes to woke white women. Because woke white <laughs> okay. women. Is that a, is that a woke, thing? Woke white women ruin everything. So uh, let me tell you guys about Julie DeCaro, who works for Deadspin. Who, for Deadspin. And this is the title of her article. Adam Schefter is a vacuous turd who embodies white male privilege. And she goes on to write a whole article about how Adam Schefter is just an immeasurable piece of shit. Because on October 13th, she put out a tweet saying three weeks from today is hugely significant with potential ramification for years to come, the NFL trade deadline. Now, obviously, the joke was, oh, you think he's talking about the election? Ha ha, he's talking about the NFL trade deadline. Well, she took this so personal that she wrote an entire fucking article about it, bitching about, oh, how dare you? All of the people who have been so devastated by Donald Trump like it's the 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 kind of crying that only makes people decide to not listen to you and it it it, it makes it seem like you're just whining just to be a whiner and like literally stop speaking for black people did black people say hey did, uh, okay adam we have a problem with what you're doing or, or how you're doing it no, so really, she's the one being a racist piece of shit to all woke white women, <laughs> and uh, specifically to Julia DeCaro. Ice up! No one wants to hear you cry about pointless bullshit. Um, ice up! And uh, just a couple of points on that is, um, she used to be part of Chicago radio, and I don't know how I found her i'm like a twitter follower of her and i've been a long time ago but she has always been in this embittered battle with 
male chauvinists and like the people are such assholes to her on Twitter. It's like crazy, but she fights back and you know what I'm saying? I find it a little ironic from the woke person that you're writing from Deadspin. Yeah, right. Like there's some irony in there. I mean, I guess you got to pay the bills, but she has, she likes to take that line of questioning and the, I, and so is a vacuous vape. How do you say that? Is a vacuous vacuous turd that that embodies why? And you know what is I, I told people, I told liberals and I'm a center left kind of person. Right. It's like I'm Catholic and this and like this. I'm like, I guess I'm so I'm conservative, but I don't need you to be Catholic. My whole point is this, is that I told liberals to be careful of being overly critical about little shit when it came to Donald Trump, because I see what I saw what it did. The Republicans pushed me away when it came to the Republican Party because of the way they were such whiny bitches about Obama. And I probably shouldn't say whiny bitches in this context as she would call me a vacuous turd white privilege. (laughs) But my whole point is this is like it starts to become a little cry wolf and when there is real shit, which there is real shit in this world to get fucking pissed about, but people are fatigued by that point and they don't believe any of it. Or they don't give a fuck. Actually, it's not that they don't even believe it. They just don't care anymore. Right, you are actually all these people that get super offended about uh, things uh, in, in the news and want to cancel people. You are actually hurting the causes that you claim to be fighting for, because what? Yeah, what you just said. People are getting so burnt out on hearing people, and, uh, and they take these things and blow them out of proportion, and they whine and cry, and then what ends up happening is potential allies that you might have had they're like oh no those are just those whiny losers that complain about nonsense so this I, isn't it was it wasn't adam Schefter that just got suspended by the nfl was it was no, that Ian no, no, Rappaport? No, no, no. no this is the uh, adam Schefter. uh adam was Schefter's it ian Rappaport that had the two weeks did you guys hear about that I, I it's because he posted heard. a manscape ad an ad he posted an ad that wasn't, you know, on his social media. His social media is technically owned by the NFL, so they don't have oh, a deal really? with. This is why he got a two-year, two-year, two-week suspension. I, it was either Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, one of the two. So it's just I think interesting. Because I did hear yeah. someone talking uh, uh, about it, but I didn't catch the whole story. Yeah. All right, uh, uh, CK, you got ice up. No, no. Okay. My ISO pick is going to actually go to Tom Brady. And um, look, uh, first, I want to go ahead and point this out to uh, Brother Herbert. Just because you say something over and over and over again does not make it true. So you can keep saying that Tom Brady has never thrown deep as many times as you want. But I just sent you a video today, by the way, where he had like. 32 50 plus pass, touchdown passes in his career. He's got more 50 yard touchdown passes, maybe even 60 yard touchdown passes than Teddy has his entire career. So, um, touchdown passes 
Period. Right. Yes. As touchdown passes, just 60 plus. It's crazy. Like when you watch, he's been, so that's, sorry, I digress. Um, I said pick goes to Tom Brady as you fucking be your entitled whiny self, which is, you know, actually something that shows you how success can affect you is Tom Brady is used to be in so many ways, like the most humble team dude. And, then became the dude and that's fine he is the goat in my opinion he's the greatest he might not be the greatest as in like you could say well Peyton Manning was this Dan Marino was this that must got the rings he's got all he's got a lot of stuff in his resume but he bitches and complains and yells and screams at people when they make this when they make mistakes on this on their team but when Tom Brady forgets that it's fourth down and thinks it's third down, uh, makes a mistake, I don't even have a problem with him yelling at his teammates and being like that. And the problem was is that uh, you saw him shaking his head on the sideline going, I can't believe I did that. And then the press conference, he did not admit to doing it. Like, at this point, just say, look, I'm the GOAT. I made the first mistake of my career. But instead, you're like, nah, it was just I thought we had a chunk play. I needed a chunk. Thought it was a chunk. Fourth and a chunk. Like, he just said chunk seven times in a row. And, like, that actually changed anything. So, Tom Brady, uh, when you're the GOAT and you got, like, it's kind of like when you're a Teddy BD. Like, you mean, like, just admit, like, like you got you, you didn't do what you had to do, but I still got the big D. Like not a big deal, you know. Just yeah. say you made a mistake. Uh, so Tom Brady, I said, I said, that's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles dot com. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Um, I've been p- starting to put a little bit more back on the website. Uh, check out uh, the latest video is Curtis Samuel, Mister Clutch. I'm going to have some more stuff coming out on uh, Wednesday this week. We'll have two scouting the opponents. I got two interviews lined up, uh, one with a former Bears offensive lineman and as well as uh, my guys from uh, the the Chicago Audible podcast tomorrow and picking with the professor. Cody Lashney, where can they find you on Twitter and your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Hit me up. Um, every two weeks, there is a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com with comments for the Carolina Panthers written by yours truly and Saturdays at four, the Cripple Connection podcast mm-hmm. with me and my friend Jeffrey talking video games. And that's about it. Aaron Scott says, ice up Josh Norman. Uh, that was a good one there. And CK, where can they find you on the interwebs? You find me everywhere, man. I'm all over the place. I'm on uh, Facebook gaming, streaming uh, most nights. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Codizzle Allen, um, Instagram at Codizzle Allen, um, Twitch at Codizzle Allen. Uh, yeah. So um, can I ask Allen, you a question, that. Codizzle Allen? What well, is it wrong for me to mention that flat plasma phobia, plasma phobia game to my 12 year old, or is it like oh, something man, that he could play? I mean, he could play it, but he's, uh, would he's I be really, a bad parent? 
No, I don't know anything no. about it. I just saw you guys playing. All you guys, I was watching you guys play, and all you did was run up to this whiteboard like seven or eight times, and then threw a crucifix in the middle of the hallway, and that was it. <laughs> I kept fast forwarding, trying to find where all the bad crap and scary stuff. That was it. it You're just walking it, around with no. flashlights. There's definitely some scary shit that happens, bro. You gotta okay. that whole thing is like it's like. I don't know if you ever watch Paranormal Activity, but it reminds you a lot of like Paranormal Activity with the sound um, and everything that goes on. Like, is there really like crazy. cursing and killing to the point that it wouldn't be cool for a twelve-year-old, or is it just kind of scary? Um, it's scary. Yeah, the cursing only comes from the people playing it. So, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I scream and like motherfucker whenever I have that happen. Right. So, um. But yeah, no, that's uh, it's definitely worth a worth a check out. Like if you're interested in that, I think it's only something they could play on PC right now. Though I don't, I don't even know. If oh, it's really? is it free on PC? Um, it's like thirteen bucks. Oh, never mind. We ain't playing. <laughs> All right, uh, that's C three Panthers podcast. We'll catch you, y'all, folks, later. Thanks for your time, Peace. for my homies, man. Keep pounding. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.